Trip Flip every Sunday nights on Travel Channel at 8 o'clock, 7 central. I'm on tour. Baltimore this week. Austin, May 23rd through 25th. Then Des Moines in June. This week's guest, Jeff Tape. Go to birdbirdbird.com. Is the Birdcast. 90% of the clubs I work with. Yeah, you know what's so funny is I, sometimes I take these mics and I use them on stage. Yeah. Because I'm like, your fucking mic sucks, but then you can't piss on it like you would a normal mic and just fucking drop it it, you know (laughs) like you can when it's someone else's when it's someone else's mic you just fucking well now you know now you know why uh now you know why the man you see you can see the manager cringe whenever you drop it yeah i'm gonna turn off chill son and or whenever whenever there's a whenever they're like sorry we had insert some black guy's name last week yeah (laughs) Sorry, the mics are all fucked up. The club here, the um, I'm gonna close this curtain too. You like how I didn't prepare at all. Start the podcast. Is this the podcast? Yeah, this is the podcast. This is how it goes. This is as good as it gets. Um, I'll turn the light on. I'm in a hotel. We're in a hotel in uh, in um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Ohio. And with me is the lead singer of. <laughs> Queen's right. Jeff Tate. Good, good morning. <laughs> You're wearing a Tampa Bay Rays hat, a throwback Tampa Bay Isn't hat. Isn't it that, badass? That never existed. What is that, I like an it. old Negro Leagues hat or something? <laughs> I think that's racist. No, no, it's not. It's uh, so funny because that's what it was called, but now it's like you can't even use that phrase. But yes, yeah. no, it's not. This is. Some, uh, there was some, um, like I think like the Astros, they had a throwback hat for a while that was a. Uh, that was the Negro Leagues team or something? Seriously? Yeah, and the, I think the Royals did too. Um, no, it's uh, they created this hat. I've, I've taken so many fucking pictures on online with this hat that everyone knows exactly what hat you're talking about, oddly enough. Yeah. I've been wearing it so much because I fucking love it. It's pretty cool. It's better than any... It's better actual, than the current Devil Rays hat. I can't hats. believe the Tampa Bay Rays ha- didn't see that hat and were like, oh, let's just use that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did it for, I guess, a throwback, like a... Uh, Ten seasons anniversary, some I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they've but, existed for ten years. They've been to the World Series. I've been a Cubs fan since I was five, and they've never been to the World Series. I love, I love that you're fucking. I love that you're really a baseball fan. Every the four teams that didn't exist when I started watching baseball have all been to the World Series, and two of them have won. There are probably as many baseball fans as fans that love watching people make souffles on television. <laughs> I don't think that's true because there's only one network dedicated to baseball. Uh, there's two. Oh, 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 there's one and there's two for food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's comedian Jeff Tate. Sports Sports Center has been Sports Center will talk about football more than baseball during baseball season. Uh, yeah, you know what's so funny is I haven't heard anything about the baseball season right now. All they're talking about is the draft. Yeah, yeah, the draft. Yeah. Come see, uh, you know, fifteen of those guys are going to work out. Yeah, and out of three hundred, it's insane when they do the numbers. You know what's really sad is when they do like um, when they revisit like uh, like uh, uh, Brett Favre was taken in the thirty seventh as a thirty seventh pick. <laughs> Look at the losers before him. Like we've never heard of these. Like they really just shit on these men, and you know these men are still in football. They're watching and they're like, "Really? What did I do to anybody? <laughs> All I did was try my hardest school. and blew out my knee. <laughs> I went to yeah. a better school. I had a better college career." And uh, they picked me – like Ryan Leaf is in jail right now. And he gets an hour a day and it's probably on SportsCenter and it's just a constant – So anytime a draft pick doesn't work out, they compare him to Ryan Leaf. (laughs) 
it's going to suck to be in prison. TV's on. You get your fucking 15 minutes to watch TV, and they're like, Ryan Leaf, the biggest loser ever. And Ryan Leaf's like, whoa, guys, I'm trying to pay my debt back to society. Ryan- his, chick, his chick was hot as fuck. Yeah. She was a playmate, I want to say. And I was flying back. Georgia had just been born, and me and Louis C.K. were flying back from West Palm to uh, to L.A. And sh- I sat next to her, and uh, yeah. yeah. And I remember Louis came up like three times to check on us. <laughs> I don't think I, I really spoke to him the entire weekend. <laughs> three times on the flight. So how you guys? How you kids doing? Huh? You having a good time? Watch out for this one. He's a wild one. <laughs> yeah. I turned off Louie like like every time I talked to Louie, I said something that offended him more and more and more. It was one of those ones where I could not say the right thing. Really? He would get offended? What do you think about Woody Allen movies? <sighs> I don't like it. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm not a fan. I got, all right, I, let's talk about it. I'm not a fan of the Woody Allen movies. Me either. I've, I've never been a fan. And, I, you know, it's because I said to him, I go, it's generational, man. Like, you're from the generation that loved his movies. I'm from the generation that knew that he fucked his daughter. So like, right, right. I, so I was tapped out the second. Well, let's also let's also not forget that Woody Allen makes films, and yeah. I'm a movie fan. Right, I don't like fucking movie. I don't like films. I'm a I'm a mouth breather. I got the I got, yeah. the, I, <laughs> yeah. I got the intelligence. I got the perfect Hollywood intelligence. Like Louis C.K. is too smart for that. Like he like he probably gets bored during the sixth sense. I'm in that fucking. <laughs> I'm in that sweet spot that when they reveal that he's a ghost, I'm still figuring it out. And I figure it out with the movie the way it should be done. And I'm like, shut the fuck up! I saw, I saw The Sixth Sense uh, on acid. Oh and it never knew. Like when the movie was over, I was like, oh, that was okay. And my friend was like, can you believe the big, like, the big reveal or whatever at the end? And I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't know you weren't supposed to know he was a ghost. <laughs> I watched the entire movie like, oh, he dies at the beginning. He's a ghost the whole time. And then, oh, and then this idiot just figures it out at the end. The insight I acid had gives no you. idea. I was like, eh, it's okay. I mean, it's about a kid hanging out with a ghost, right? Yeah. Like, but you're not – you didn't know it was a ghost. I was like, oh, no, you didn't know it was a ghost. I knew it was a ghost the whole time, and it's just okay. It's just like an all right movie. This kid and a ghost. What was the um, fucking Kaiser Soze? Holy shit. Oh, yeah, that's still like, blows It's my amazing mind. that my intelligence is that exact <laughs> fucking sweet spot of 10 degrees. I'm sure it's like probably 10 IQ points. Like within that ten IQ point that they write it for, and they're like, and you know some pro- some people read it and they're like, ah, uh, like in, in the development office, and they're like, I-, I think you're tipping the hat a little too much. I mean, I, th- I think I know East Kaiser Soze when I'm saying, where is everybody? They're all dead, and they're like, yeah. no, 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 no. Trust me, there's morons out there that are gonna be like, who the? Why is the crippled walking? Why is the crippled walking? <laughs> and then my buddy Hutch is on the other end of that pool where he at the end he's like, I don't get it. Who's Kaiser Soze? <laughs> He's a, he's on the far end of the ten degrees. <laughs> three times I, he watched it. He watched it three times. I we this one you could steal cable in college, and I left to go to class. <laughs> I had two classes, and they were watching the end. And I was like, "Fuck, I want to see Hutch when he realizes it." But I left, and Bla- Blair and Hutch were watching it. And I went to class, two classes, came back, and I come back, and he's and it's the end where the beginning, and Hutch <laughs> is sitting in the same spot on the couch. He goes, "I don't get it. Who the fuck is Kaiser Soze?" And Blair is like, it's the fucking crippled, Hutch. It's the fucking crippled. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Hutch is the same guy that got a stick caught down his throat when he was a kid throwing it, yeah, throwing a stick at a Frisbee. Yeah. The stick missed. I used to tell this in the Disneyland on acid story. And he goes, yeah, you know a stick, when you look up, your mouth automatically opens. Stick's liable to go right down your throat. Happened to me twice. I'm like, what the fuck? 
I swear to God on my children right now. I told that as a joke on stage and I hung out with a bunch of comics who knew who met Hutch because Hutch was up in New York. And I go, tell him that's, I swear to God, tell him that's true, Hutch. And he goes, oh yeah, oh yeah. It used to happen with those bike flags too. <laughs> the fucking six foot bike flags. He's like, remember when you just throw them in the air and watch them stick in the ground? I'm like, no, I don't think anyone fucking did that, but you. But yeah, he was Hutch's. What kind of person who has a who has to open his mouth to look in the air? Everyone does, he says. Everyone likes, does. <laughs> likes to, and he also still just loves throwing things in the air to watch him hit the ground. Yeah. Even though he's the only person who that could kill. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah, he. The only one in danger in that whole thing is him. <laughs> Hutch is one of the most interesting people. His parenting, like now that like he's got a ton of kids. And we went to go eat one day at a bar, like just at a straight up bar. We bring our kids. <laughs> yeah. And he's got his youngest is like maybe like four months old. And he's got him in that carrying thing. And we all sit down and he throws the youngest under the table, like under the center of the table. Like, really? What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> it's a human being. You got to let him sit with us. He goes, no, nah, he's safe down there. <laughs> I go, yeah, but he's with our feet. And he goes, yeah, but if anyone drops anything, no one's going to. He's covered. He's covered. I go, yeah, but he's uh, he's your child. And he's under the fucking table, not hanging out with any of us. I go, that's like fucking old school Russian shit. And he goes, you'll be fine. They fucking dropped a platter on on like all our kids except for the fucking two month old. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ, you're a fucking genius, Hutch. He's like, looked at me. He goes, told you so. Now, now you make uh, now you make your daughter sit under the table. I'm like, guys, everyone under the table, <laughs> all four of you. Man, if I had a nickel for every time after that someone spilt something on Georgia. All the fuck Diet Cokes all the time. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's Hutch's book of parenting. That's So wait, before we get too far into the podcast, because people will probably tap out halfway through. Yeah. Your album came out. Yeah, my album came out on Tuesday. Your album, comedy album. Comedy album. Uh, called Jeff T- called Tate? It's called Jeff Tate. Uh, well, that's my name. It's called I Got Potential. Oh, okay. I love the fucking cover. It's a great It's a, it's great a fucking picture. great cover. Can I, I swear to God. I swear to God. I'm going to show you this. I took a fucking picture identical to that. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. And I was like, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wonder where the fuck it is now. Probably in my photo, my photos. I wanted to do um, artwork around, around it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that picture though. I'm never going to find it. Wow. You have a lot of pictures. Yeah. I'm never going to find it. (laughs) I'm never gonna fucking find it in here. You'll find a picture of my dick before you find that. You will. I'm not even looking. I'll show it to you. <laughs> I'm never gonna find it. But yeah, I swear to God, I love that picture. As soon as you saw, it, I saw it. I was like, "Fuck, that's a great picture." It's I got lucky. That was uh, I got lucky. It was just uh, my friend just took it in a Target. I don't even own that hat. I was just like, "Look at this dumb hat," and she took the picture, and I was like, "This is a great picture." Oh, that's great. Are you dating anyone? No. Okay, so I'm never good at interviewing people. What I just do is tell stories about me. Yeah. So let's let's try to I'm gonna try to genuinely interview you as if I don't know you, so that the people listening can then know who you are. Yeah. As opposed to going, Well, that guy sounded fun to listen to him listen to Bert. <laughs> fucking that's every fucking interview I do. So Jeff Tate started stand up comedy. Yes. When? Two thousand three. Early two thousand three. Like I just cleared ten years. Really? Yeah. I'm at 15. I'm coming up on 15. Wow. Oh, when I'm 41, I'll hit 15. I f- I'm at 14, and I'm fucking I'm in a stride right now. Yeah. I was saying to someone, I, I like, I had always thought I found my voice very young. I thought I was like so. I'm always been very comfortable on stage, but I don't think I was ever writing from my voice until really like recently. Yeah. Ever since that machine story, that machine story forced me to write from my voice. It forced me to learn how to write a story. 
and tell a story and punch it up and get it better and be comfortable with the silence and be comfortable with telling bad stories until they get good. Right, right, right. There's always uh... – well, because you always told you always told stories. I always told just, stories. You were just always good enough at it. Like I, I seem, I'm not even going to put it on you. I was good enough at telling stories that I never had to get good at telling stories. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where like and now, like I'm getting to the point now where it's like I realize, no, I, like I can do better with this. Like it always did well enough that I'm yeah. like, this is good. I'm doing good. But then I realized, like, oh no, I should. First of all, I should try to tell them every show. Uh, yeah, and it's, not- storytelling is a really hard art form. I watched um, Berbiglia when he was changing um, stride, I guess, and he was becoming more of a storyteller. Yeah. But his his was – I uh, remember that very well. Really? <laughs> that was when I was on tour with him. Yeah, he's he's a great storyteller. Yeah. But I saw the, the like break where he was trying to fucking do straight stories. And I was like, God damn it. He's, there's a lot of silence in this. Well, mine, mine came from necessity. I could never remember a set list. Oh, yeah. I can't remember a set list either. So I, I remember when I was hosting, it would be harder for me to do 10 minutes than it is for me to do an hour now because I would have to remember 30 jokes or whatever, 20 jokes, and then try to try to like look at the set list and remember the set list and figure out what order they go in and all that. Now I just have to – I tell stories. I just have to tell – I have to remember five things. Yeah. And it fills an hour. It was, I remember watching Berbiglia that night and going, I can't believe he's that comfortable with the silence. But now I look back and I go, holy shit, what a fucking gangster move to be able to f- force yourself into a new yeah. – something new and be and allow yourself to fuck the process of getting to the next level. Uh, now I'm now I'm like – I have like a couple stories where I'm like – right, I, 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 you know, I'm still a fucking – Hack in the sense that I want them to laugh a lot. So I'll tell joke, 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 story, joke, story, story, right. joke, story, 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 <laughs> joke, story. And then end on like a joke usually. I can't end on stories. I have a hard time. I, I like uh, I like the silence. I knew that that was going to be an issue. Uh, and so a few years ago I did open mics where I would let everything die. Like I would tell a joke and then let everything die. Yeah. And then hold it there for a little bit. And it was wildly uncomfortable for the first you know, four or five months I did this, but then I started to get more comfortable with nothing happening up there. Yeah. And it's, now I can, now I can do, now this sounds bad. Like, 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 uh, now I can do 45 minutes of silence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter to me, <laughs> but it does make, it does make it easier to bomb. Like if you're in a bad situation or whatever. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, there's a panic that happens on the average person's bomb. There's a panic that happens on a bad comics bomb where they start going for other people's material. Yeah, that they, happens. They, they start going like, "I need to get out of this. This is bad." And they fucking sorry. They, or they undercut themselves. Like the thing that always bugs me is when somebody goes, "Well, I guess like, I guess you didn't like that one." That the moment you say that, the moment you let them know that you told a joke that they didn't laugh at, is the moment they realize you told a joke they didn't laugh at. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just talking. If nobody laughs, they don't assume that was a joke. They assume that wasn't a joke because nobody laughed. Yeah. And the minute you point it out is the minute they go, well, I guess this guy's not that good. Yeah. They have no idea. The audience has no idea what you think are jokes or not. They just laugh when they're laughing and don't when they don't. So when you tell them that you expected a laugh at some point, that's when you that's when you just you just sold yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I mean, there was an art. F- I, I always say this. When I moved to New York, bombing was an art form. I mean, like bombing. Not bombing, but not murdering was the norm. People were always trying new shit. And then I moved to L.A. and everyone fucking killed. And I was like, Jesus Christ. How does like 
like a tell, I'd watch a tell work, and he would always try new shit. And if it didn't work, he'd just go, "All right, next one," and fucking barrel through. And he was always writing. And then I moved to LA, and no, it was, didn't seem like anyone was writing. It seemed like everyone was just murdering. And I was like, "Fuck!" And then when did you move to LA? What, see how this works. Now I turn the interview about me. Um, no, I'm curious. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna turn this. I'm gonna let you answer, and then I'm gonna start ninety ninety. I think ninety nine was the first time I moved out. And I stayed in the Sheridan. Universal Sheridan for seven months. Wow! And then, and then I, and then I came back and I went straight from there to. Uh, uh, I was like probably twenty-seven. I went straight from there to Scotland for a month with Patrice and Voss and the guy named Ben Bailey, and from Cash Cab. Guy named Ben Bailey. God, well, the, you know, it's so funny. Yeah, he's probably he's more famous the most than both famous of them. One, he's yeah. the most famous out of all three. Yeah. I just assume because <laughs> you know it's like every, you know Patrice da- died. Everyone knows Voss because he's Last Comic Standing. Ben's the most famous of the most. I guess. Yeah. I didn't Do you think, think that. everybody knows Voss from Last Comic Standing? That was ten Maybe, years ago. Voss is probably the least famous, but you know Voss. Yeah, I know Voss. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I've worked with. Patrice ben. and Ben Bailey. <laughs> I've yeah. never worked with Voss. Ben was really fucking great. He is a really great comic. I seem like he's dead. Jesus Christ. I'm no, really he's sorry, a great, Ben. He's a great... I'm uh, seriously sorry. Ben was the closest of my friends out of all of those. I worked with him in Nashville and Philadelphia, I think, and he's just so nice and funny. And greatest guy. Tells fantastic stories. He's got, uh, he's got that ability to tell stories from the show he's on without seeming like he's just constantly trying to remind you that he's on a show. Uh, yeah, I don't think... He's one of those guys. I don't think... I think he was very comfortable being a club comic, and he would have been in New York his whole fucking career. And that show came along, and I think he wanted to do it. And he was like, "Yeah, why not?" And I think it'd be great if they just if they traveled that show a little bit. I don't know I if they do. They might. I think that show's over. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think they did. Like you know, they did a ton of fucking episodes. Oh well, I have no idea. I don't. Uh, I just always thought got- it'd be fun to like. Have it in Miami and have it in the funniest. L.A. and have it in San Francisco and Chicago. Like, yeah, the thing that I like about Ben Bailey, or no, I was talking. But to the payoff, the payoff. There's no payoff in production to take that show on the road. Right, right, right. Because the show's in the cab. You know, no, you're right, you're right. But me. I do like the idea of perhaps adding an element of Ben Bailey has no idea where he's going. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so wait, let's I was get... talking to Nick Griffin about that show, and he was like, "I would love that show," and I go, "I think." I think the difference between a lot of comics. I'm and more me impressed and, that you spoke with Nick Griffin. Oh yeah, yeah. I no, fucking I was on the road with him for a year and we didn't speak once. I know I've known Nick for a long time. He's always been really uh because uh, I'm a, like a sad sack denim jacket chain smoking. Yeah, like I think I remind him of him. Yeah, it makes sense. And you're he, happy. We, <laughs> we sat we sat in a green room one time in Tampa, and I was fucking rattling off, rattling off, talking to Nick, talking to Nick. I mean, we've been on the road now for probably four months, yeah. and I'm talking to him like we're buddies. And he goes, just so you know, I'm not going to answer you. And I go, just so you know, I'm not going to stop talking. He goes, as long as you know you're not getting an answer. I go, that's cool with me. The only time we talked hardcore was when we found out that our road manager had let uh, Penn Jillette eat her out. And we oh and my God. fucking Nick could not <laughs> let go of that. He goes, "You let Pendulet eat like he, we were in Chicago, and when, he would not let go of when, it." When uh, when he got done, did he pull out fifty handkerchiefs? <laughs> yeah. I actually ate dinner with Pendulet. I so badly wanted to ask him if he remembered her. <laughs> but I had dinner with Pendulet and uh, and uh, Teller. And with for trip flip, and I wanted to bring it up so fucking bad, but there's no way he remembers. Right? There's <laughs> no way he remembers. <laughs> we, uh, well, me and Nick were talking about cash cab, and there's uh, there's something about like me and Nick have this thing in common where it's like if we had that show, then we always know that we at least have a hack license. 
<laughs> We're like, once all this yeah. is gone, I can at least drive a taxi. I know how. I yeah. have a, I have a taxi driver's <laughs> license. I know my way around New York. I've got a, I got a, I got a plan B. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a television show with a built-in plan B. Also, yeah. Like if you, like if I get a job, like if I get if I'm on Sullivan and Son, and they're like, you bartend, I'm like, sweet. If I could finally learn to bartend. <laughs> That would be fucking yeah. The um, then, I could, then I could send a tape, try to get a job at some bar downtown, and be like, "What's hey your guys, experience?" You, be like, watch this. Oh, and you could get fucking tons of work if you played a bartender on TV and then just fell back into like if Woody Harrelson decided to start bartending. Do you oh know how popular God. that bar would be? Yeah, I mean I'd, I'd that's a great fallback plan. Is Woody Harrelson and and what's his name? The, how great would that be as a show where Woody Harrelson just decides to buy a bar and like. Like it's like a TV yeah. show where he plays himself buying a bar, and, and like, they're like, "I guess I got to do this now." And then the whole time, all he did was quoted his movies. Yeah, yeah, Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Just always talking about. Uh, he wants to talk about everything except Doc Hollywood. Except for, was he in? Do- oh, he yeah, was he was in Doc, in Doc Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't want to. He oh. just con- people are just constantly oh. quoting Cheers at him, and he's. Disappointed. He's like, yeah, guys, guys. I, there's more I did to my other career. stuff. Yeah, I did. Really? All weird. anyone, everyone. There's some guy that some asshole that sits out front that really like Michael J. Fox, who does not like Woody Harrelson's career, yeah. just because like, look, there's no reason you took off and got a serious acting role. So th- <laughs> it's like to still the animosity from Doc Hollywood, and he's like, guys, just ask him about Doc Hollywood. And <laughs> the um, okay, so I moved. I, then I went to Scotland with those guys, and then I got a TV deal, and I'm in the middle of Scotland, like ha- like halfway through the tour, not halfway, a little bit past the tour. I've moved to LA, and that's when I moved to LA for good. So probably 2000, I moved to LA for good. I feel like in 2000 there was probably more. Like there's always been that that coastal, uh, almost jealousy of or whatever. Like the once like New York is the comics, and LA is the actors. Yes, and I, difference- think, I feel like thirteen, fourteen years ago, it was even more so like that. Like, there's a lot of legitimate comedians in Los Angeles. There's now. A been a, there's been a big, I think, change. I don't know if the maybe the Comedy Store brought it on or the, the Laugh Factory definitely did not bring it on. But right. like, well, the Laugh Factory is. I don't want to say I don't want to say anything bad, but there's almost like a definite brand to their comedians. There's a definite brand. To when their you comedians. see them on the road, yeah. you're like. Oh, that's a Laugh Factory comment. Yeah. Like you can almost tell. It's why I never really fit in there because I was like, I did a couple sets and like, Jay, I, I don't, I don't know. Jamie just didn't shine to me. He was like, he was like, uh, he was like, you go long, and I was like, I never really went long, <laughs> but like, I think I'm sure he looked at my act and was like, oh, I'm already done with it. Yeah, but um, well, did, I, I also heard that it doesn't like if you already have management. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't help it doesn't to go help. in as a as a middle. Like su- mildly successful comic who has a TV show and a manager but hasn't blown up and you know doesn't help, yeah. you know. But he's a nice guy. I'm not shitting on Jamie. He's a really nice guy. But I just yeah, I never really clicked. I just, with that I've scene. never even I've never even been there. There's nowhere to hang out. It's like it's like like you can hang out in the back, but you can't really talk. And I, just, I didn't know. I don't know anybody that works it regularly. You know what I mean? I don't, like, I don't know anyone know. either there. I, but I also don't fit into the comedy s- store. Like I go over there and hang out. Like if I do something there. And I always get along with everyone there, but like I'm not. I I don't want to do like the the fucking. I like I refuse to do the audition, the four minute audition for Mitzi. I don't know if she even does it anymore. It was like the improv. You could just go in and work out, and you can stop in and work out. The Ice House is fucking amazing. Flappers is amazing. There's three clubs. I'm home two days a week. Like what? I don't need two other clubs that are. Right. right. You know, Flappers and fucking Ice House are actually shorter drives for me than. Than the store and 
and finding parking. Uh, it's like oh, yeah, I, you everything moved out to the you moved out yeah, to the valley. I'm in the right? valley, so. But yeah, I mean, I always I always consider the improv my home club because that's where I started. That was the, like as soon as I when I moved there, they they had started having me up all the time. They I just had a, they just had a good they had a good way of looking at the, working that club, and they also had a lot more payout. Like like f- the comedy store is more like you got to earn your bones, son. You got to pay your debt to society to be a comic. You got to work the door. I'm like. Uh, I have a fucking TV show. I'm not going to work the door. I'm not going to. Yeah, you have to earn your. You have to pay your dues there. Yeah, there. Like the improv is like the improv seemed like. Oh well, you've been on the road for five years. You did Gotham. You you know. How about we get you into Irvine, Brea, <laughs> yeah, they and did that, Ontario, they, they did and you can host and feature and headline off nights. And it's like you're going to give me the opportunity to do an hour. I'm never getting that opportunity with Jamie. Like Jamie's Jamie can go. I can give you seven minutes a week, buddy. And you're like, great. Thanks. I'm going to pass because I don't, I don't, there's nothing I want to talk about for seven minutes. It takes me 15 to park. Yeah. It takes me, yeah. So, and I'm not shitting on the club. It's a, they're all great clubs, and Jamie's a great guy, and, and whoever's running the comedy store is awesome. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know who's running it, but whoever it is is a great person. The, the thing, the reason why I never tried to work the comedy store is when I would go there, like the people I knew yeah. were people that, that were regulars there, are people that I found. Like, I was still a little intimidated by and whatever. Like, I knew Marin from the road and Jeff Ross from the road. There used to be. I mean, there still is. There still is. The guys that do that club are fucking, are my are mostly my friends, and they're all fucking great comics. And I swear to God, I wish I could just get plugged into that club and show up and just start doing regular spots. But I do not, I will not waste the time of not seeing my daughters to work my way up a chain that right, really right. there is no payoff to. Right, right, right. You know? Because all I need is one big thing of the thing I'm already doing. I'll just step in whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. Like, the, like you know, like, look at, like, uh, Sarah Silverman. She, I'm sure she didn't work her way up that fucking ladder, but she'll do whatever the fuck she wants there. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like, I guess the payoff is to headline the big room or whatever uh, yeah. if there's if there's money in it. Like, think, if you can yeah. go in, like, Stanhope and work out one of those deals, then, yeah, yeah that's, that's payoff. But you know what? Stanhope doesn't do the four minutes. Like, he doesn't. Yeah. He just shows up, and they got a big enough room for him, and they know he'll sell the tickets. And there's it's all about putting asses. It's in Los seats. Angeles. And everyone can fucking- get yeah. Everyone can get like as the, my experience is fucking for all the dues I paid on the road and all the fucking. <laughs> there's so many rooms in all LA, the man. asses I kissed on the Top road. Glasses garage seats sixty. <laughs> <laughs> like there, you don't need there's yeah nothing. So wait, let's go back. So you started stand up in two thousand three. Yeah, early two thousand three, February two thousand three, out of Cincinnati. Yeah, engaged. No, no, no. I didn't get. I was dating Lauren, but I got. We got engaged in the end of two thousand five, and got married at the end of two thousand six. And in two thousand six, I'd met you already. Yeah, I think we had worked in uh, Atlanta. I think we worked. Oh yeah, with Marshall. Yeah. Oh, there's a picture of that up at the club. Yeah, yeah, which is shirtless. It's me, you, and Marshall, shirtless, hanging up in the green room of a club he won't book me at. Why won't he book you? He said somebody in Atlanta, some open micer, told him I was an asshole. Well, yeah, but anyone can say that about anybody. Exactly. Like but the, you can't. There, you that can't was put it. Weight on someone. That's, that's like just someone saying, "Oh, that guy's an asshole," and then you go, "Oh, yeah." He was like, "I can't have you. I can't bring you down really? to work here if if I can't have the locals." He's like, "I like you," but and I was like, uh, "Who like who gives a shit?" Like now I'm done. Like. That's that's how that's how this is run. I can't work there because somebody I know I know for a fact that somebody from Atlanta, somebody that lived in Atlanta doesn't live there now. But I know for a fact that somebody that used to live in Atlanta would call clubs I work while I was working and tell them they were funnier than me, and that if they book me, they should book them. That's such and then fucking one person, and then somebody in Atlanta tells Marshall I'm an asshole. Maybe it's the same person. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's that the, the man. It's the truth. Is like this fucking whole comedy club. <laughs> this happened. To, this happened twice. Where for sure, where I am, I have a strong enough relationship with the guy who runs the club that he was like. Hey, I think you might think this is funny. How many clubs that I have I done that? How many clubs have I worked where I don't know the owner that well, and they just yeah. don't say it? Like this is two clubs where the guy, like I'm at, like actually friends with the people who. That's negative energy. That's negative energy, and that and whoever puts that but it, out. But it's also it's really gonna, stupid because you're calling the person the books the club I, I, look, and I, telling I, them I'm they're not, bad. At I can't it. even comment on that behavior because that's something I would never do, and I can't really wrap my head around. <laughs> even if you are funnier than me, you you just called the guy and told him that you're that he's fucking bad at his job because he booked someone not as good. God, it just makes no. Fucking <laughs> it's sense. wrong all the way around. <laughs> yeah, I, always, I I like Marshall. I, I've always liked Marshall, uh, and I yeah, I'm, but but, but it's it is annoying to me. That every time, because uh, a lot of my friends work that room. Wait, for the record, though, you are kind of a dick. No, I was just standoffish then. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm a dick. I'm a dick. Yeah, but I was. Uh, <laughs> but not to. But you're not. Like, you're not mean or hateful. But, but yeah, you but are. You are like. Mean. You are distant. You're like Tosh. You're just distant. I was. Uh, and you're not someone like me. Like everyone. No. If someone said Bert's a dick, a lot of people will go. You got the wrong guy. Because yeah. I'm like, I want everyone to be my friend. I want everyone. You don't care to make new friends you care to do a good job at the club yeah and then for the majority of your career not drink go back to the hotel and yeah write. that was that's i think that's where that's what it came from was i had this reputation Ian Bag got the same rap too i didn't drink and Ian i Bag got it all real bad because i went to denver one time and they were like i said something like oh have you seen Ian Bag yet and they're like oh we don't like him i was like why not and they're like you know what gotta be dead honest with you comes in goes to the green room doesn't talk to anyone goes on stage like takes autographs or takes pictures and then just fucking leaves and i was like yeah, that's kind of what a healthy comic would do. Yeah. Like, the, you're talking about the unhealthy one, like me, who gets there and then fucking talks to everyone and then fucking <laughs> finds out who's fucking who. And then I hang out with you guys until two in the morning and then I go back to someone's house and we eat Girl Scout cookies. Like, that's, but that's what clubs want. I, I started drinking and then I, I do that. I do all that now. Yeah. But I just didn't drink for a long time. So I would go in, do the job, and then go back to the hotel because it's not. I don't know if people know this, but it's not the most fun in the world to just hang out in a bar when you don't drink. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not. It's miserable. Yeah. And no one ever is like – nobody at any club is ever like, hey, you want to go to Waffle House? Yeah. They're always like, we're going to go to this fucking – they've got foosball and $3 shots. And you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't drink and foosball's only marginally fun when yeah. you're drunk. Only uh, margin, mar- I say less than marginally yeah, but in in that way that anything is fun when you're hammered, just yeah. trying to figure out how things work. You're like, I yeah. just push this. I'll this turn is, it into the wrong way. This is wild. Yeah. <laughs> I kicked it so into that's, my own that's goal. probably where you got the, the rap of being a dick, but then you started drinking. Well, then let's – so we'll keep, we'll keep on this timeline. So then you start doing the road. I did the road with you a bunch. We uh, – you did some with Tom Segura. I've, yeah, I've worked with him. You and so – and but you worked with Berbiglia. You worked with a lot of – a lot of really big names. Me, Berbiglia, like, Tom Segura. <laughs> I did six months with Berbiglia in 2007. Yeah, he doesn't drink, though, does he? No. Yeah, so that was probably fucking great. Yeah, like, it yeah. was. It was, And we were, and it was a different town every night, so it was... Go do activities in the afternoon. There like, was just no time for really anything. It was really? like, you do the show, and then you either drive to the next gig after the show, or you go to the hotel because you have to get up in the morning. And this was pre... Uh, movie star, movie producer, successful yeah. Hollywood Mike Berbiglia. This was, this just was successful. This was Bobby and Tom Mike, Mike Berbiglia. Yeah. I'm doing the road. I'm a comic, Mike Berbiglia. Yeah, yeah. Mike Berbiglia from 
he had uh, uh, he was big in colleges. Uh, half the tour was colleges. Half of it was uh, like seven hundred seat theaters. God damn it! It was it was a lot of fun, and I There's learned a lot. There's so that much money what, to be made in comedy if you can simply my, uh... write smart and clean, <laughs> like just not. If you can fucking... just be great at it, you can get no. A but lot like, of... but like, like there's if. If I had focused my energy of all the dick, maybe I, you know what? Let me take that back. Let me just credit Mike Birbiglia and Daniel Tosh. So they're two fucking huge names, yeah. but they made fucking killings, killings with money when they were like twenty five. Yeah, just because they fucking they didn't have an interest in writing dick and shit jokes and fucking race jokes. They they wanted to write fucking smart. You know, fucking clean material, and they could, they could do anything, and they didn't weren't terrified going into college. They had an act to do. I'd do a college, and I'd fucking panic, and I'd be like, "Where are the black people? <laughs> oh shit, they're on the basketball team. Oh god, this is gonna be awkward." <sighs> yeah, they they just they also have. Uh, I mean, it is it is some genetic lottery almost where they're like they also have they they also seem very likable. Yeah. Tosh goes out of his way on stage to present himself as unlikable, but it's already too late. Like yeah. that's why he can get away with it because the minute he walks on stage, everyone's like this and guy's smiles. Cool. You're yeah. like, oh, and it's like he's got it. Yeah, I uh, yeah, agree totally. He walks on stage like the coolest guy in the room, and Berbiglia walks on stage like your friend. Like he's already yeah. your friend. Like yeah. b- without saying a word, both of them have already established. Yeah, I take back that them. statement. Don't think that you can just copy their careers. Their careers are hard earned, but I will say. Well, and they there also, they, such, but there's, there's, there's so much money out there for fucking mediocre acts, too. Yeah, well, there's hundreds of people that have that ability to be likable the minute they take the stage and never put the work in to get the rest of it to work. So, yeah, yeah it's not it's not saying, look at that grin. That's why they're successful. Yeah, they, yeah they they're did, both brilliant comedians. They did I everything take possible. I hope that doesn't sound cunty. So you used to do the road with Berbiglia. Yeah. You do the road with us, and then and you get married. Yeah. And then... And we, dun, dun, dun. we were married for four years. We split up in August of 2010 on you, my birthday. Are you moved out to L.A.? Yeah, are you moved, serious? Yeah, it was on my birthday. You moved out to L.A. Moved out to L.A. You convinced her to move out to L.A. She worked for her dad. She, well, had, she like, wanted to move. Yeah, because she, she, she could picked L.A. Yeah. I always, I always kind of thought New York was better for me because I'm not like I, I have no interest in seven minute sets. I have no interest in auditions. I don't yeah. know anything about that. Uh, unless, unless there's, uh, you know, producers or management listening, and I'm, I'm taking lessons. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Uh, I don't. I just like. I just always like stand up comedy was is my favorite part of stand up comedy. Yeah. None, none of the rest of the stuff compares, and you can do so, so much more stand up comedy in New York because it's. You know, Manhattan. The distances between the clubs, even the furthest club from the furthest club, is. Still not close to what LA is. Yeah, like you could do. There's three clubs you could probably do in a night, and those are just the three in Hollywood. Yeah, the factory, the store, and the improv because they're they're kind of concentrated. But then if you, I mean, if you got to hit Burbank, that's f- thirty minutes away. Yeah, Ice House is forty five. Whatever, Irvine, the last Irvine, yeah, Beach. yeah, like yeah. these clubs, the Venture, like these clubs are so spread out that you might be able to do two sets in a night. No, I think Colin Quinn has the record for doing like twelve sets in one night. Yeah, Colin Quinn, Steve Byrne tried to break it. I, I thought he did, didn't he? Make, did he, he break made it? A documentary? Yeah, did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Steve Byrne broke it. I don't know how many he did. Yeah, but like, that always seemed like there's one of them happened just because he was booked, and one of them happened because he was trying to beat the record. Like that always yeah. seemed funny to me that it was like 
can you believe that you that I pulled this off? Yeah, I can. It's not like you start <laughs> at six, seen, you go to two in the morning. I haven't you, seen. You I, haven't seen the, I haven't seen the documentary. But I'm sure it's on YouTube. What? So wait. So then you guys move to L.A. We and you to LA, start. We lived there for eight months or whatever. Yeah. She still lives there. So she's coming up on three years. Really? She's lived there for three years. I lived there for you're doing the road seven or eight months. Yeah. And then you get back one weekend. Yeah, I have to go out of town for. We don't have a lot of money. I'm trying to find a job in L.A. I can't find a job in L.A. There's no fucking jobs in L.A. Yeah. Uh, and I had people were trying like I only know comics, but they but then those comics know bigger com like like I think I think David Spade asked the general manager of a cheesecake factory to hire me, and he wouldn't. He just couldn't. He was like, really, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> It's like, I don't know Spade. I've never met him. I don't even think I've been within. I've never been in the same room as him. I've never been. I don't think I've ever been within a mile of David Spade. Yeah. Uh, but I like. I think that like, he was eating there with Todd Glass and Todd told him. And like Todd was like, I'm going to ask the general manager if, uh, if I'll hire my friend Jeff. And, and Spade was just like, uh, I'm more famous than you. Let me ask. Something oh, that's like that. fucking... That's great. Like a hilarious, like in that classic David Spade. David Spade should have just gotten you a job on his, one of his TV shows. Yeah, why not? But he had, does he have one? Yeah, I'm sure he's always had one. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's had one for as long Something. as he's ever been in television. Right? Ace of Spades. Come Ace on, of let Spades. me work for his uh, production company. Happily next door neighbors. <laughs> like, or I know. Happily next door neighbors? Whatever the thing is with, the, with, with Stucky. What? Who's Stucky? Stucky from Seinfeld. Oh, Putty. Putty. Putty and David Spade, and I'm sure like, I'm sure like fucking some black guy. No, yeah. I don't think there's any black people in this one. <laughs> what, is it's it just on all, CBS? It, no, it's on ABC. I've never seen it, but it's like unhappily neighbors or unmarried. Oh, is it uh, uncomfortable oh, rules years? Of rules of engagement, something like yeah. that. <laughs> some name that has no, I have no connection to. Like back in the day, <laughs> the names of a fucking sitcom like meant like. You you could you like like you knew what the sitcom was Roseanne yeah you know it's, it's like her. fucking the Norm show like <laughs> you knew what you were getting the Drew Carey show you knew what you were getting when you got there now it's like eight and a half rules to not date my daughter and you're like so this is the whole thing going to be about rules not dating your daughter like how many of these episodes are going to be about when that guy dies <laughs> when he died he totally died yeah yeah John, John Ritter yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I'm not. I can't, I can't even. I won't even make fun of, of it because I'm afraid I'm going to go from the same fucking heart attack. <laughs> well, that's that's why I called this album "I Got Potential" because I think everyone who knows me knows I have a lifestyle where my last album will be released posthumously. <laughs> there's no, there's there's no. You have six months left, Jeff. There's yeah. none of that going on in my lifestyle. It is. It is. He did what? So wait. Oh now, so let, that's a departure from where we left off. You were sober. You were married. Yeah, you were I was not, sober. Yeah, not drinking. By choice. Yeah, by choice. And then... I actually started drinking in Los Angeles, but not for any other reason other than a lot of those shows in LA, you don't get any money for it, but they will be like, oh, you can get two beers at the bar. And then you're yeah. like, well, I got to get something out of this. And these beers are nine bucks each. So yeah. <laughs> at least I can get those two. And that's like, they gave me $20. Yeah. So I would drink two beers or whatever. I always liked drinking. I was always really good at it or bad at it, depending on whether or not you're my parents. <laughs> <laughs> so then you get you get, you get divorced. Yeah, you I moved move back in with her parents or something. No, no, I moved in with my parents. Oh, okay. I came back to Cincinnati right away. Like as soon as we split up, it was like it was sleep on a couch time, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to stay here." 
I'm not going to just sleep on like a friend's couch. I'm not going to try to do that. Yeah. Cause that's the other, the other, the other interesting part about moving to a town from out in the middle somewhere is I go to LA and all the comics I know are headliners cause I'm a middle yeah. on the road. So everyone that I've met on the road was a headliner. So I walk into the improv and I don't know, I don't know anybody in the room except Jeff Ross. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know anybody except Craig Robinson. Yeah. That makes sense. And so the so the people I know are they're older. They tend to have families, or they're very busy. Like I, I I can never be like, hey Jeff Ross, can I sleep on your couch for an indefinite period of time? Yeah. Like I know you, but you have two daughters and a wife. Segura's got a wife. Um, you could have crashed on Segura's couch, probably. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't want to do that to his. I know what you're relationship. Saying. So you go home. Like to I don't know a single guy my age. With a, you know an apartment by himself, he wasn't out there yet. I don't think. No, he wasn't out there yet. And when he moved out there, he immediately moved in with the lady that he's with, and now they have a baby. What? Yeah, Tommy Johnigan has a kid. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I can't remember her name, but the, I think the baby was born last, like September. Shut up. Yeah, I got Tommy on the podcast. He's got this girl named he- Heather. It was really nice, nice lady. She came out too. He did. I worked did with him when he didn't food. drink. Yeah, and I worked with does. him in Penguins in Iowa, and he didn't drink at all. And he was like, "Nope, just never really interested in it." And then we did we did brouhaha. Now he's all of us did brouhaha, and he was like, "Fucking, let's get ripped." He drank he drank almost a bottle of Jameson, and then ripped a toilet paper dispenser off the wall of a steak and shake. That's what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> That's called living life, right there. Thank hey, you, Tommy John again. The- I was saying I don't I don't want to be too specific about this, but I worked a club first yeah. time I've, I was ever there. And I went out with the staff on Thursday night and got and they were doing Jaeger bombs and just always there was always one for me. So I'm and Jaeger bomb is the worst idea for drinking because it'll get you so drunk, but there's enough Red Bull in it that you're it'll, that you're still standing. Yeah. And then you're like fucking like this is how this is why things get smashed up. Because <laughs> it's like in the seventies, like with the drinking and the cocaine. It's like yeah. the drink drinking has a built in has a built in stopper it's got a, it's got a, it's got out. a governor on it yeah it does it's got a governor and you can only do so much of it and that's why i tend to just like i just drink beer because you don't you'll 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 barf your guts out before you get alcohol poisoning from beer yeah, and you'll pass out definitely well before yeah. and so but when you're mixing red bull or it's like like jaeger bombs people think like people drink jaeger bombs like it's not crazy but imagine if i went to a bar and i just drank 14 Irish coffees, like you'd be yeah. like, this guy's out of his mind. This is the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever seen anybody do. I said last night there was this woman who's so fucking drunk, and I was I'm in a I'm in a zone on stage right now. So I'm like, she was like, I, I was saying something about I was saying something about black women, and but there were black women in the room, and I were having to go back and forth like a fun back and forth about white boys and what they didn't like about white boys, and then. Uh, this woman in the front was hammering. She goes, can I ask the black girls a question? And I was like, and in my head, I'm like, let's ride the lightning. Let's see how this goes. So I just hand her the microphone. I hand her the microphone and a woman in the back goes, why would you give her a microphone? And, uh, and then she couldn't, she couldn't articulate what she was saying. And I, and I was like, I think they should create an alcohol that paralyzes your vocal cords after you've had too much of it. Yeah. So you can't speak anymore. And you're just like, I honestly like. I know it's probably it's been mentioned a lot, a lot, and I'm not doing this as to be like check out this new joke for my act. I actually think it's a brilliant idea, and you can make a billion dollars if you can put some sort of breathalyzer thing on a cell phone. 
Like not to ever mention yeah. it on an app. Well, I think there's going to be breathalyzers on your cell phone that then shut down all your devices. Yeah. Your sure. car doesn't work. You're, yeah. Like you, in order to work your cell phone, you've got to – because no one gets into their car to drive without calling someone first to find out if they're awake. You know? Yeah. So like there should be a breathalyzer and one goes, sorry, buddy. You're well past. Yes, yeah, Siri. Siri kicks in. You are – Fucking hammered. You can stupid. use your phone if you opt out of using your car. The only thing you can do with your phone, that like your phone shuts down, the only thing you can do is Yelp hotel reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or find that, or use that find a taxi app. Like those yeah. are the only two apps that'll work. Everything oh. else is done. Like, and it would be, it's just insane. I feel like my car should have a thing where if I put an Aerosmith album into the CD player, the whole car should shut off. <laughs> Why Aerosmith? Because I like Aerosmith a lot when I'm hammered. Like a, a I just lot, bought, a I lot. just bought uh, some Tom Petty albums. Yeah, yeah. Because you were obsessed with Tom Petty. Yeah, and I, I love and, Tom uh, Petty. Uh, uh, what's you buy? the song? I, I just ba- I bought a couple albums just to hear one song. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Have you not heard of iTunes? <laughs> or did you just not know the name of the song? Uh, I didn't know the name of the song, and so I bought fucking like <laughs> four albums just so I could get one song. You know you Um, could have called me, said one sentence from the song. This is not it. Fuck. (laughs) Everybody knows she always turned up to a bus, smoked out, everybody burped up. That's right, it's the remix. It's the fucking remix. It's the remix, Tom Petty. I'm fucking obsessed with Kesha. Is that Kesha? This is a remix. I thought Kesha was a girl. Yeah, but this is Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa's the name of a person? Yeah. Don't even get me started. I'm fucking obsessed. I'm like, uh, I feel like I'm 100 years old sometimes. This song. Name it. You don't know how it feels. Yeah. One of the best. Li- I just heard the lyric and I was like, it's such a great fucking lyric. The, um, and I just was like something that I just was like, God damn, I want to be in Gainesville right now. Well, you know Gainesville because you're from Florida. Yeah. I've actually sat on a... I've just sat on the hood of my car once and listened to the cars roll by on 441 because that's, that's from American Girl. Oh, really? Yeah. This is, this is the lyric that, that, uh, that really fucking caught me, and I was like, shut the fuck up right here. I like this, the second I'm too half alone to be I'm too proud. Alone to be proud. Fucking literally kicked me in the dick, and I was like yeah. sitting in my bed, and I'm fucking, and I'm, and I, and I goes, let's get to the point. Let's roll another joint. Turn the radio loud. Cause I'm too alone to be proud. And I'm just like, you don't. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, Tom. I'm buying fucking a bunch of albums now. But that's the only good song on that album. Fuck you. What's a, uh, tell me some more good Tom Petty songs. Uh, that album has Wildflowers, which is one of my favorite songs ever. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, that album has, it's got Honeybee. Uh, I love this song. Really? Yeah. I wonder if I'm getting sued right now. (laughs) Who gives a shit? Right. I think that could be the best thing that ever happened to you. I got a bit about McDonald's on my on my album, and I was like, "Are we allowed to do this?" And he goes, "If they sue us, we'll be in newspapers." <laughs> <laughs> S- 
So let's get to the most interesting part of your life, and that is you go, you leave L.A., you start drinking again, and you start to fucking live life to a place where I start seeing awesome pictures of you on Twitter having awesome fucking times (laughs) with awesome fucking people. I saw a picture of you and Rogan behind a bar, I think, and Stanhope. You start touring with Stanhope. You start fucking literally charging the fucking – I mean, every you, time, every time I've tried to quit or whatever, things seem to happen. Like I was done, and I ended up on Ferguson. Uh, on yes, accident. Marin, like, and you, you talk. Yeah, go ahead, keep going. Oh, no, just I leave just, that on uh, the couch. No, I actually need it because yeah, no, I need to the feed couch. the meter. Just leave that on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like like I, I ended up doing a. Ferguson, by the way, who I just fell in love with the other night. I don't think I've ever really watched his show because I was like, oh, it's the d- boss from Drew Carey. I know that's so fucking stupid that I said, I said I that forgot, out loud. I honestly forgot that he was the boss from Drew Carey until I saw him when I was doing the show, when I went to do his yeah. show and he walked out. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've been watching you on TV since I was 15. Yeah. Like, and this, then, like, but then I saw him interview, I, I saw him interview some author, author and I was like, holy shit, he is a great. He's engaged. He's smart as fuck. He's not scared. He's never fucking backed down. Like he's all. He's really on top of it. He's quick as fuck. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna start watching this fucking show. Like he's good, really so, funny. And then your story that you told made me fucking love this guy. So you go to do Ferguson. Well, I'm doing. Well, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. I'm doing Wichita. Looney been in Wichita. Middling for Jim Short. Great comic. Uh, super fun. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was. I've done Wichita with Robert Hawkins and Great Jim comic. Short and a handful of other people. You're also you, you and Tommy Jonigan are the reason that I know of comics like um, like I, I know Henry Phillips, but you guys are the reason that I know Henry Phillips because you guys were like you guys are like oh he's fucking Henry Phillips is amazing. Um, Chad Daniels. Chad Daniels. I've, I still have never seen him live. I was in Minnesota. I was going to call him. I was going to send a tweet to see if he'd do my podcast, but I don't know him, and I don't want to bother him, and he's with his family. <laughs> but Chad Daniels is another one. Like, you guys were champions of, like, Robert Hawkins, like, of the guys that are road dogs. Well, we're out. We, I mean, Tommy came from St. Louis, and I came from Cincinnati, and we always, like, we, we started in road clubs, and we started around road comics, and we started on the road. Yeah. And... So sometimes you get lucky. Like, that's how I found out about you. I think I was supposed to work. Uh, like, I went to. We, we worked together at the Funny Farm. Yeah, Funny Farm in Atlanta. Yeah, and that room is ridiculous. Like, you can hear skee ball machines. I, I love that room. I love that fucking room. And it's, it's awesome when, it's, when there's a lot of people there. It's not there anymore. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. And the, the new one has a weird dead spot in the I think middle. the new one's dead, too. Uh, but there's no more Funny Farm. Okay. Uh, that's good, but I didn't. I had never worked with you before, or seen because it's it becomes like I never watched. Here, here's what I never watched Ferguson. Not because I had any problem with Ferguson, or because I had any. I just I just stopped watching all of those shows when I was on the road. Yeah, I well, was you either, just wanted the you know, time for it. It's not like yeah. you'd, you'd watch it in a green room is when you'd watch it. Or yeah, yeah, if or, it was on. yeah. And then the, I think the first time I saw an entire episode of Ferguson was when he was taping when I was there. So I'm okay. So I'm in Wichita, Midland. Ferguson and Ted Alexandro is opening for him, and they do a big theater in a casino outside Wichita, and then they just walk into the club five minutes before the second show starts. That's fucking. There's 25 people there, and they're all drunk. Late show Friday in Wichita. If you are a comic and listening to this, you just got chills up your spine because you know what that feeling is. Of yeah. 25 people, they're already drunk at some 
Midwestern nowhere town with uh, Late Show. Just the Late Show Friday is historically bad. Yeah. And then this guy walks in, and the guy who was hosting was like, "Maybe he'll put us on the show." And I was like, "The minute you think that, the minute is you're you have to you have twenty five people there. You have to worry about like do good yeah. in front of them and just." Don't uh, don't audition for him. Do what yeah. you do in this room. He'd rather see you work that room well than do a, a tight five. Yeah, and believe me, I did not do a tight five, and I did not. I've tried to forget he was there. My main concern was I've worked with Ted Alexandro, and he's a guy I'll see. Yeah, like I'll see him in New York or on the road or whatever. Like I have a much better. And all I was trying to do was like I just want to do this thirty minutes and not have Ted Alexandro think I got worse at stand up since yeah. the last time he saw me. And I did it, and then the ne- and then the next day, it, or a couple of days later, I got called from the guy who books the show and was like, "Hey, I just sent you an email. Uh, Craig saw you at the Wichita Funny Bone and wants you on the show." And I was like, "Are you serious?" He goes, "Yeah, it's his show. You can do it's fucking he wants. great." <laughs> that makes me like Craig Ferguson beyond belief. And then I'm on, and I, I, I told that story a couple of times around like and uh he's done it a handful of times chad did the show for the same reason chad daniels uh yeah chad opened for him at a casino in minneapolis and before the show happened he was in the green room talking to him and there was some like craig brought some guy's name up and chad was like chad was just like immediately like fuck fuck that guy and he was whoever it was and craig was like that takes balls you don't even know if we're friends or not and he goes listen i'm sorry if you are friends with him that guy's a dick fuck that guy and craig is like you're funny you want to do my show oh i wonder who that guy is i have no idea <laughs> chad wouldn't even tell me oh fucking chad daniels. i'm not leaving his name will out, everyone out please respect. will you everyone please email tweet chad daniels and tell him he should do my podcast because follow chad daniels, I, follow chad daniels, chad daniels and then, 34 and be like oh my god you should tell when next time you're in la fucking definitely oh i'd fucking love to know who that guy is but whoever it was, it was Craig just thought it was funny. I was like, you want to do my show? And Chad was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, it's my show. It's the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. I'm Craig Ferguson. And Chad was like, you haven't even seen me do stand-up. And he goes, eh, I think you're funny. You're funny right now. I'm sure you know how to do stand-up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So then, so then, God, I kind of want to do stand-up on Craig Ferguson now. So then he went to – so after that show, Chad went home and Craig was like, "How uh, are there any clubs around? Where I can go, and Chad's like, yeah, go to Acme. He's like, I'll call. They'll take you in the back door, get the salmon or whatever, or like the walleye yeah. or whatever. He's like, they have amazing some some fish dinner there. So Craig goes there, uh, watches that show, and then the the kid who was hosting that show, he booked him too. Brian Jesus Miller. Christ. You just you just put the fear of God into any – anytime Craig Ferguson walks into a show, someone's like, someone's getting booked. Everybody, top material. No, no. Don't do that. Yeah, the I know. minute you do that, that's when you don't get it. When okay. Craig – I'm just Ferguson, I guess Craig Ferguson likes comedians, so he just so when you do like if you just go do comedy, like he's also the one where like it doesn't seem like he's not like oh this guy was like cursing a lot, so oh, yeah, I don't think yeah. he can do the show. He's more like oh you're uh, just clean it you up. You just worked this fucking Wichita room that you like by all accounts we all should have bombed. Let's see where Craig Ferguson is right now, but we still worked it. Let's see if he's in fucking Cincinnati. <laughs> Craig. Oh my God! Is there any way? Do you ever take breaks on your on your show? No, you have to go to the bathroom. No, it's uh. You have to put something. In the I have meter? to put something in the meter because I oh, can only find a, a sixty on. minute spot. Come on! I don't know how much is this. Does this is the Burt cast going to be able to spring for a ticket? No, no, we don't have much of a budget. <laughs> Craig Ferguson tour dates. Or just just be a comic, and you'll end up on that show. Craig Ferguson tour dates. Let's see. Okay. Oh, fuck. He's not on tour right now. <laughs> just 
go check it out. Just do good. It's a, and it's fun. It's fun to do it on. Also, I did it twice because the first one didn't go. Oh, well. here we go. Here we go. Two thousand five tour dates. Ah, oh, shit. He's not on tour. Five? No, two thousand thirteen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Two thousand eleven. He tours a lot. I didn't actually, even know he did stand up. Well, he started as a stand up, and then got the and. Well, clearly, I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> like, you know, there's more money to be made out there. <laughs> There is, but there you know is how lot, many yeah. people do that. Yeah, of course. But I don't think my, he, I don't think. My brother just saw Joel McHale at the casino. <laughs> like, Joel's, yeah, but Joel, I, Joel definitely did not start as a stand-up. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's not funny or anything. Yeah. I'm simply saying Joel McHale was on television and then started doing stand-up. Yeah, and a lot of guys do, do that. Because it's almost like, it's like the reverse of that hack license thing for Ben Bailey. It's like, yeah. when you get a TV show, it comes with a built-in safety net because... Stand up exists. And I don't mind it. Things. I used to mind it when I was younger, and I was like, "Oh, it infuriates me." The thing that I've really the the thing. Well, I don't know what you're going to say. But no, no, the no, thing no, that no. I've dedicated my life to, and I've tried to get really good at, and I treat with respect and whatever. The minute your thing goes off the air, you decide. Well, I used to get famous stapling my balls to my legs on TV. Now I just do it at the improv. I'll just go to Orlando and do it six times, <laughs> and then yes, then I know what you're like, saying. But then, so then, there's now there's five or six guys that have no business doing stand up, or that, that were never comics or could do anything, are now now working. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why that frustrates you. I'll tell you why that frustrates me and why it doesn't frustrate. Why it frustrates you and doesn't frustrate me. It used to frustrate me. Well, it doesn't take gigs from you, right? Yeah, that's what it is. For me, it actually brings more people into the club. Well, I know so, that like, I'm Steve-O not. Steve O goes in yeah. and he does. He like I, I I from what I'm told, he actually does stand up now. Like he does, I I think he does light himself on fire at the end of the show. But I I, 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 I think he does stand up too. But for in my head, what happens is then all the Stevo fans go in and they see me on the on the folding card, and that's like as opposed to bringing in D list comic name who's thirteen hundred bucks a night, right. and they go in and they bring in forty people on a fucking late show Friday, and only forty people see my name. Steve-O's there. It's sold the fuck out. He's the highest drawing comic I think on the road right now. It's him and Tom Green and like forth. all the ones that you dislike are all the biggest drawing comics on the road. Tom Green, I like. Uh, I've never seen him do stand up, but he did Bruhaha last year. Well, he started as a stand up at like but thirteen. He did the spot that you did uh, last year at the really? Bruhaha, and. Uh, Mikey was walking him around and then he's got to go do something and I was standing there and he goes hey uh, and Tom Green was just like hey walk with me let's go get let's go get beers he just didn't want to walk by himself which makes sense like yeah, you need somebody yeah. around when you're Tom Green and uh, so we're having a conversation and he goes uh, he goes how long have you been how long have you been doing stand up and I go I go, oh, you know, a while. It's been, you know, a long time nine, nine years or whatever and he goes do you still like it I go not really and he goes oh you must be pretty good and I was like <laughs> That made yeah. that immediately. I was like, "Oh, this guy fucking gets it. Like he yeah. understands." It's like, I think he, start, I think he might have started miserable. as a stand-up or started as a rapper. I forget. <laughs> I, I know he was like, I had a rap deal. Like he had really? a fucking yeah, he had a rap deal, and then got in doing a show, which is you know a natural extension of what you're going to do if you're into yeah. entertainment and you're fun and you're. I mean, you look at anyone's Vine these days; they're doing Tom Green bits. Oh, yeah. Uh, almost yeah almost exclusively and so then <laughs> and then he did his show and then you know and then i think his i think his career he's just one of these he's that that small little fucking angel's breath of what is it angel's uh angel's share of comics 
of people in this business that their careers exploded exponentially before they had a chance to control it or yeah. slow it down. And they just had people that could make money off of them and just put them in everything they could and had them do everything they could and do this, do that. And I don't think he had control of it. And now he's slowing down. And I think now he has control of it. And this, I think, is what he wants to do. I mean, I, hopefully this is what, bother, what what would bother me as a purist of stand-up is, say, if Steve-O gets another TV show and then stops doing stand-up. Right, like don't use us. Like if no, you, he if, totally is. Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I don't. Well, you know what? Just, I don't even care. It, it doesn't. There's the, the, no effect the on me. Why, like I'm not going to headline the room that Steve O headlines. That's not what I. That's not what bothers me well, at all. No, but, but you, the guy but you who could have. We talked about this last week. time. You we could. You could have. I got brought into this business at a time that doesn't exist anymore. Right. I got brought into this business when. Um, the David Spades and the and the you know I guess Rob Schneider I don't know if he was doing tour at that time but Janine Garofalo's uh, Sarah Silverman's the big comics were all headlining all the improvs and then at, when I showed up they all kind of stopped and started doing either m- movies or TV or you know it was just the industry was changing and they needed to fill rooms they had more rooms than they had comics and they needed to fill rooms and guys like me Ian Bag Steve Byrne um, Brett Ernst like a, all the dudes that are headlining right now. That are probably the middle of the road headliners. We all got in for like fucking thirteen hundred bucks a weekend. We filled up all those fucking clubs on the dead weekends, and and we d- didn't get much of a turnout. We didn't get much of a feedback. We kind of struggled, but we got in on then. And then what happened is we got kind of grandfathered in, and then reality television exploded, and you had all these people that could then go in and sell tickets, like like say like a Joel McHale. Or uh, although I don't think he ever did improvs, but like Steve O, Tom Green, Rob Schneider, um, Kevin Nealon, all these guys that then filled up all the clubs, and now that that chance for guys like you to get in doesn't exist. It do, like there's no way Chad Daniels is going to headline improvs because he can't. There, it's he's not like famous enough. It's it's a weird fucked up. No, I think he used to. I, I think, think he does. To. Or but I'm talking oh. like Nick Griffin, uh, like Nick Griffin, you would see his name on improvs and then Steve-O and those guys started doing it. So Nick Griffin gets pushed down and he's still headlining every week. But the clubs that he's headlining now that he's took a week from somebody who now has taken a week from me. Yes, I understand so what you're three saying. Three levels down, and, and it's, now and, it's no spot and, and what and what 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 you're what you're saying is holds weight is that the genre is becoming watered down because. You're not allowing young comics to grow. You're just simply putting asses in seats. But that's the business. No, I know, I know. But they don't even do that with middles anymore. Do you know how many clubs I go to where they say middles? Like they don't. Like people that I talk to, my friends, hilarious comedians, are like, "Oh, they won't book me because you have to have a TV credit to be a middle." I'm like, "Who the fuck?" Yeah, that that's impossible. You got to get on TV to be a middle. That, yeah, that, that like, is I fucked got, up. I guess I got in right before that. And then I saw, like, I fortunately have a TV credit, and I still don't have any fucking work. Yeah. But I just don't. No, it's, man, this, yeah. This, I don't even try. This business has gotten very convoluted in so many. Like, but the, it's also, it's worked out. Like, you're holding a microphone right now. Like, we're holding, we're holding well, this, a microphone well, right now. Well, that's the next generation. You just got grandfathered into this generation. But you can get, uh, like, I talk to Tom about this all the time. The clubs still act as if you need to be Brian Regan. Or Kathleen Madigan to stop working the club, like they they think you have to sell eighteen hundred tickets to walk away. Yeah, but you only have to sell fifty or a hundred. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Segura, if Segura goes into a town, he can sell a hundred tickets easy, and make that money in a night. Fifteen well, bucks a ticket. 
Well, you start. Well, you start. I understand that because you start doing the math. Like people, when I went to my new agency, they're like, "I think you're ready to do theaters," and I'm like, "Oh, not at all." But I don't think I. Had, I don't. I think I highly underestimated how much how much ticket sales I was going to be having. I because I hadn't done the road. I've been doing trip flip. I've been working, and then I got on the road and I started selling out all my shows, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like, not that I'm ready to do theaters. I wouldn't mind doing another lap of clubs. I love clubs. The club, if I could just shorten the week, I love clubs. Right, right, right. But you can. But you can but you're right tremendously. You look at look at look at uh what's what's um you don't need- Neil Brennan. Neil Brennan does theaters now or does does theaters but like smaller theaters. Yeah, you and don't I don't think he even does the clubs, but he but he can sell them. Two hundred seats. You know, you, you can go t- into a theater. Well, yeah. Seats two hundred, three hundred. I mean, you're we figure a- you move twelve hundred tickets in a weekend is a great is a great weekend for the clubs. That's their goal for yeah. every club. You move twelve hundred tickets in a weekend. If you move twelve hundred tickets in a weekend, you could probably move six hundred in one night. Yeah. If you could sell one night, you could move six hundred. But you got to be selling out. Like you need people to be going. Well, what shows do you have available left? It's. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. And this podcasting thing, this genre is now like it's completely different. Where it's 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 changed a lot of things. It's changed the turnout. Like I'm shocked at who listens to this consistently. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of this completely. I'm doing yeah. the sinking ship in Indianapolis on June second. When's that? June second. June second. What's, yeah. What's sinking ship? The sinking ship is a punk rock bar in Indianapolis. Yeah, and it's guys go see it. Con- it's a Sunday night, and, and it's, it's fucking like, rad. And yeah. I'm doing Monday night in Columbus at a place called Woodlands Tavern. I, I, I Benson's got the best fucking grasp on it. June third. Yeah, Benson's got the best grasp because he's like, fuck it, I'll just go in on Tuesdays and sell my tickets and then right. bounce. Or he goes into, or he'll do like San Francisco. And like, he doesn't even need he doesn't even need the weekend to be free just because I want to do a four twenty show on Saturday and a four twenty show on Sunday, and his shows are over. He's he's getting done with his shows just a couple hours after Yakov Smirnoff and Branson. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yakov's late la, la, Yakov's late show is at two. I mean that it's, Benson is guys like Benson, Stanhope, Rogan who have redefined the genre. Like I'm still in the I'm still walking the beaten path of our forefathers in this business of like work the clubs come de- December, November, you get your offers for the next year. You fill up your calendar, work the clubs. You hope that your next year is a little bigger. The bonus structure is bigger. You get a percentage of the door, work the clubs, build one club. Now you got one club. That's a guarantee of this. And like, I'm still doing that, but who knows you know, it's this, I'm really fucking fascinated by the way this is. And I do agree that, that I can understand your frustration when you see guys like that, but I, you gotta, I, I I, I can't. I, can't, I just, I just feel like it's disrespectful to the art form. It's why people don't think of this as an art form. I, I when when somebody who has never done it just does it. I, it, I know that frustration because you think to yourself, you think to yourself, hypothetically speaking, that um, let's say I, w- I won't use a name because I don't want to use a name. And the names we've used, I apologize to those guys. So we don't mean to use them as an example, but that simply is just how that is seen, perceived maybe from comic size, and that is not. Jeff's independent opinion or mine independent opinion. I think across the board, any comic that's working the clubs that is has been doing it for ten years that has been struggling has that opinion. That's just how that's going to work. It's like, listen, if fucking people get pissed off at fucking uh, you know someone who just jumps into the business and all of a sudden it's TV show after TV show and everyone's like, well, I've been fucking writing TV for years. It's just the way. That's the way that happens. You, you, you get pissed off when you've been dating a girl for five years and then all of a sudden someone starts fucking her and you're like, wait, I have well, to take about, her to dinner. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at it like this. Like there's other. There's other ways. Think about the people who were on TV that are now on the radio. Like Adam Carolla has to understand what what I'm talking about because someone took his job. Yeah, he had a radio show 
And now I don't know who I don't know what it was or what happened, but there are people that were on TV. There's people in the radio station I work I go to now a lot. There, there's other stations in there where there's like this guy used to host, uh, you know, f- fucking current affair or something, and now he's got this like something like that. Like it's not a current affair. I can't remember what it is, but he used to be on TV every night, and then that went away. So instead of trying to maintain that or he or just went bowing back. out. He went he down just to radio. Took a step down and went to radio. Yeah. And so now there was somebody who was good at radio, who had that job, who now doesn't have that job. Yeah, but then I guess you could argue Darwinian's like survival of the fittest. And Adam Carolla is someone who I don't think lost any sleep over that and simply went, "I'm not going to beat my head against that wall. I'm going to no, sw- no, no, switch I know, positions." No, no, I know, I know. And I'm, 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 and you're doing that. I'm going, but, yeah. I'm going, I'm going around. Like that's why I got the job now, so I can do this because it is, it is riskier to not wear clubs. But I'm also not. I'm not gonna fucking beat the ring the... for 500 bucks. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, like I, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather take a chance at making 500 dollars, uh, you know, on that Sunday night. Like, like it's gonna be a great show. I know who's on it. Like, it's, it's come to the show. Is you know, whatever. It's 10 bucks. It's probably cheaper than the club. And I like then that way I can do I can do stand up the way I want to do it and yeah. not. Not well, man, Don, that, Stanhope started that, and that you yeah. probably—I mean, you look—you spend enough time with Stanhope, you're going to start to go, "Fuck, what, what he's doing is making sense." He's selling tickets, fucking a lot of tickets yeah, all over the fucking it, world. I look at it leg, like legitimately, like like I will pare it down. Like Stanhope's going to sell 300 tickets at a bar in Fargo, North Dakota. If I sell 50 at that same bar, yeah. I'm thrilled. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, if I sell fifty in Sioux Falls, I'm thrilled. And like, now the way that marketing like is, that, it's yeah. like this happens, and then and you know, Stanhope retweets it or, or Rogan retweets it, and then all of a sudden you maybe sell fucking 150, and you're like, holy shit, yeah, this is working. Yeah, and then you just do a good job, and you go back nine months later. Yeah, and you and you do it on your own terms, and you don't wonder, I, you I'm, don't ever have to wonder, am I like I hate working in a club where like I've been to clubs where they're like, why are you standing here? Like, oh, I'm next. Like, I don't know if you knew this, but I was like, I. There's a comedy show on this stage. That's why these people are here. Yeah. And I'm next. Like, in, if you wait 10 seconds, I'll be standing up there with all the lights on me talking, entertaining these people. Like, why are you being an asshole about me fucking? Like, where, where should I be? Outside, smoking, yeah. not ready to go? Like, I'm also working. I'm not just a dumb dick who yeah. showed up. And you got to do that for 500 bucks when I'm – when. If I make half of that in an hour on my own terms, I'm happier. Well, I think I think the other thing that people don't understand is that is like that maybe listening to this and go, oh, it sounds like sour grapes. You have no idea how fucking frustrating working your way up the ladder of stand up is. How many times you have to go into a club nervous that you're not going <laughs> to do well, nervous that no one will like you, and then you go in and and I think every club will admit this. Everyone gives you fucking attitude right when you get there because they don't know who the fuck you are and yeah. you haven't proven yourself to them. And then you go up and you do well and then you're everyone's friend. So it's an, a weird trade-off because there's clubs I've been to where I bombed. And let me tell you something. No one wanted to speak to me for the fucking week. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like shit, I went to, I'm a fucking national touring headliner. I have TV shows and I'm in Amsterdam to do a TV show that's an international TV show for Showtime. And I go to the comedy store in London and I... I f- do the right fucking thing. I call up. I, g- I get a spot. It's a small spot, not a big spot. Seven minutes. They green light it. Perfect. They say we can shoot in there because we're shooting for our documentary. And, and everything is set. The owner, the manager, everyone knows about it. I show up. I've been doing stand-up 13 years at the time. I show up, and I'm like, hey, my name's Burt Kreischer. Um, I'm here to do a seven-minute set. And they're like, don't know you, mate. Sorry. Get a ticket. And I'm like, 
I'm like, oh no no, I'm 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 sorry, Anna. Give the name of the owner. It's not here. Don't know. Didn't he didn't say a word. Get in line. Were you filming that? Yeah. And I'm like, That's and I'm great like, for the I'm like, uh, yeah, no. I go, listen, I'm sorry. And then I start going, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to be here. I'm uncomfortable. I haven't felt like this in a long time. I do. I'm not in this business to feel like this. I'm like, I want to leave. And they're like, sorry, mate. And I go, well, is there an opportunity maybe that I could speak to a manager? Managers are busy. And I'm like, I don't know what accent I'm doing, by the way. I think I'm doing Australian. But uh, I can't tell. Yeah, but uh, then, then I was like, okay, well, and they're like, talk to him. And it's a bouncer. And he's like, never heard of you. And I'm like, okay, I understand that neither of you have ever heard of me, but that doesn't mean anything. That right. just means that you haven't heard of me. Someone has, and I'm responsible for a seven-minute set in there, and I need to talk to someone. And they're like, well, the only person that know would be Jamie, and he's in the DJ booth. And I was like, is there any way someone could possibly go out of their way and be a little fucking Christian right now and go fucking <laughs> talk to the guy in the DJ booth? And then I'm sitting there. I'm so uncomfortable. They're giving me horrible eyes from the, the, the box office. And then finally the DJ comes out, and he goes, yeah, you're on the list. And I'm like, thank you. And then... What the fuck? And so, oh, it gets worse. It gets oh fucking God, worse. Really? I go back to the DJ booth and he goes, seven minutes, don't go over your time. He's not being a dick. He's just telling me the rules. Right. I get that. Right. I'm like, okay. And he goes, green room's right there. Hang out with the other comics. I walk in. All these comics are fucking straight up cunts. They are such yeah. dicks. They are fucking with me to the end of time. Listen, mate. Most, this is the most impressive club in the entire world. You want to be a real comic? You do well here. You don't do over. You don't do this. You don't do that. And let me tell something and then i joke and i go i go i said something i go just joking thinking they'd get this i go does everyone is everyone going to speak english in here and they were like mate you're in london you're in london mate learn where you are learn where you are proper right proper right <laughs> fucking these assholes are such dicks to me that i decide i don't give a fuck gloves are off i'm gonna fucking destroy for seven minutes and ten seconds and get off i walk in on stage and i fucking light that room on fire i kill so fucking hard and let me tell you something when i say this not brit not london comics across the board hilarious london comics i will tell you the ones on this show were fucking hacks and they had not been doing the show i watched them they had not been doing the show that I could provide, and I destroyed for seven minutes to the point where the crowd's like standing up. Some do- and it's New York style comedy. Some dude says something, shut up, fucking dickface, whatever. Just fucking slam a guy, kill him, slam a guy, kill him, destroy, <laughs> get off stage, and their mouths are a aj- their jaws are a door. A- what is it? A, a jar? They're open? just literally looking at me with their mouths open, and the biggest asshole of the all looks at me and goes, "So I guess you've done this before." And I was like, yeah, I have. I walked out. I was like, fuck, yes. And then they were like, they were like, listen, tell us when you're coming back. And that, but that's the way a club works yeah. is they're all assholes Why? Why until they you? see you murder. And then they're like, when are you coming back? We'd love to have you back. We'd love to have you back. You'd do, you'd do a great job. You could totally work this room anytime. And you're like, well, why wouldn't you treat me like that when I walked in? Why wouldn't you just be kind and go, I feel, uh, like, me- I feel like everybody that works a club or owns a club should go hang out at the Comedy Magic Club for one weekend. Yeah. I've never worked that stage. They've never seen me do stand-up. I've shown up with my friends sometimes. They feed me. They're fucking really, really nice First to time me. I walked in, the they were, like, they were like, hey, you're a comic. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, come on in, man. Daniel yeah. Tosh talked about you. I was like, fuck. Comedy yeah. Magic is a really beautiful Just club. Just walk you back to that green room. Here's Im- the menu. Improv's pretty want. good, too. No, improv's good, too. Flappers is good. There's a lot I'm of really great clubs. Not, I'm saying that yeah. they, they, at Comedy Magic Club, they treated me the same that they would treat the, the same way they treated Gary Shandling. Yes. And the same way they treated uh, Daniel Tosh. And to, you know, Tosh is on the show. Shandling's on the show. I'm. I just know Segura. 
yeah. or Dan Gabriel or, whoever, or John Evans or whoever I'm with. I just, I'm just walking in with one of these guys, and they're like, get some food. Have some food. You want drinks? We'll get you drinks. Whatever. You're, in the, you're a comic. And I go, but I'm not even on the show. And they go, it doesn't matter. You're a comic. We, well, all the comics. We take it's, care of you. It's, but, but so what everyone's saying when they and go Sour Grapes, it's very frustrating to work your way up the chain and have that interaction that I had the London Comedy Store, which, by the way – the, the, I understand that that is how the business works. I yeah. get it. It just sucks. It just sucks to be a part of that business. And I understand that, and I don't hold grudges. I think that was a great club. I had a blast. They fucking hey, hooked killed. me up with free beer all Crowd after that. Good. Crowds are fucking amazing. <laughs> We're talking like Tuesday night, sold out 500 people, packed. And so like, oh, I'd totally work the club again. But, so, so, but trust me when I know <laughs> that when I go back the next time, I know for a fact that the same thing's going to happen over again because I'm not a regular. I'm not the right. guy they know. I'm not famous. So... So when when you hear, but the next time the next time it'll be a lot easier to be like, like I just shut up and go get the guy in the DJ booth. Oh yeah, because I'm like I'm booked here. I still have a flight over. You're not kicking me out. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah, like and so, so when 500 people on a Tuesday night, this is like packed. it sounds like London is like how comedy was 30 years ago Dude, in America. Dude, London is pretty amazing place to do comedy. I'll tell you right now, you were getting like fucking gut laughs that you. It was like they were, it was like they were black. Like they were fucking, they like they fucking loved it. They fucking ate it up, and you're just like, oh, it's the fucking London's great, man. I want to do comedy in Australia. I heard that's the home run place. Canada is like fucking amazing. Now America, I love America. I've been doing it there my whole life. But you know, it's like in a weird way. In a weird way, what? I've never done stand up anywhere outside of America. Oh, dude, I want to. But what's funny is you know when you're on a show when you're on a show here and there's somebody with an accent, and you're like, like oh, it's like. Like, and then you go to London, you're like, oh, you're the guy with the accent. Like, you go, you go yeah. you're in the green room, you're like, why do all of you guys talk funny? And then you realize, oh, you're the one. Like, to them, you might as well sound like John well, Wayne. Here's the hard thing. <laughs> here's the thing that sucks about Americans is, like, I remember watching my buddy Brendan Byrne go up on. Uh, in- oh, yeah, I met him with you. Yeah, really? Him and his kid were, there yeah. was some, like, picnic or something before when yeah. me and Lauren went yeah. with and then, you and you. And then me and uh, Leanne took care of his son while he did a show. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. He was, I was going to try to get him on the podcast, but I didn't have time. He's going to be back, though. But I, I took him out to Irvine to do a set with me, or Brea. I was headlining. I was like, why don't you come out and do, like, 15 minutes? You know what's so interesting about American crowds is, like, I could see them straining to figure out what he was saying. Yeah. Like, because they were like, I am not familiar with this. <laughs> like, did he say boot? What the fuck's a boot? Like, well, because it's uh, in England. In England, they watch our TV shows. Yeah, and in America, it's like if somebody's like, "Oh, the British one's better." You're like, "Oh, really? Come on!" Yeah. <laughs> like that seems difficult. Like yeah. I understand intellectually that the British office is probably better than the American office. Yeah, but. I, I watched an episode and I was doing the same thing where I was like, I don't understand the words. Like, oh, I don't really get it. The British office was so fucking groundbreaking for when I saw it. I was on the road. That was the first time. That was the first weekend I ever headlined at the last stop in Houston with Gary Val- Gary Goldman. Was my feature man? Really? Was, yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, and and fucking, we watched it together, and I was like, this is the fucking greatest show ever. I believe it. I've just never really. I've, I've watched the first episode, and that was it. Yeah. So, in summation, just so everyone knows that we're not being assholes to everyone, the uh, like because this podcasting. The oh, other thing is, there's a grapes. lot of hall monitors. I want to say uh, one other thing about sour grapes. It sucks when you're fucking working your ass off to work your way up the ladder, and then you start to get you like you get like halfway up the ladder, and then you realize, oh, this isn't even a ladder. <laughs> like I'm in the wrong line. Yeah. Like I, yes, yes, I'm in the beer yes. line. I'm in the beer line, but I haven't got my wristband yet. Yeah, like, uh, like oh, the rules just keep changing all the time. It's just a fucking oh, this is a security. I thought this was the security. No, this is the gate line. I need to check a. Where do I check the bag? Oh, that's yeah. that line. Like you're like 
I thought that all you had, all, I thought that all you did was try real hard, get get a lot of laughs, do a good job, and just be easy to deal with. Yeah. But then it turns out that's not it at all. Like if you are if you are drunk and uh, partying with the like, they're always like, don't party with the staff. But then if you don't. Then, then you, you yeah. don't get booked back. You're, yeah. you're an asshole. Well, you also got to read the club. Like I don't think Stroop wants you partying with his staff, but like, but like most clubs are like, why didn't you? Well, hang Stroop out? doesn't want you partying with the staff, but the staff wants you to party with them. Yeah, but like I think Stroop staff knows full well they're they're not. To, but they other like the other things they want is they want you know ultimately they want you drinking on stage because it raises their their bar sales. Right, but not a lot. They don't want but you to drink not a lot. lot. But they, they want would, you to drink would... a lot. They want you to drink a lot, but not act, not oh. be drunk at all. Sure, come on in. Sure. There's a do not disturb sign in there, isn't there? Let's I don't know. Are they really going to come in? Hey, how you doing? Uh, do you want to fresh oh, no, 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 no. We're doing... Fresh towels would be fantastic. Thank you add so some, much. Add some extra soap, please. I'm taking, oh, a, you know what I'm I'm taking that soap with me. You know what I do? You know what I should do? What? Is show her what will the maid think and see what she thinks. Really? <laughs> yeah, why not, right? <laughs> you want to show her that? Will I go put money in the meter so I don't get a $150 parking ticket? Sure. And I'll, right. I'll, Okay, where are we at? A minute, to an, an hour 20. Okay. Hour 20? I'll okay. be right back. Here, let me see the other mic. I'm going to give it to her. All right, guys. I might have to edit this out. Simply if the woman doesn't want to do it, I'll just edit it out and pick it up where Jeff left off. No, there's in it. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely editing this out. All right. Let's see. Here we go. What will the maid think? All right. When she comes in. Let's see. I'll leave you. I'll give her. We'll see where she is. I'll go to this. Yes. Can you come here for a second? I'd love to show you something and get your opinion. I'm doing a... Uh, uh, you can just put it right on the bed. It's fine. Okay, no problem. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, come here. Come here. Here, take this microphone. I'm doing a podcast. Do you know what a podcast is? Uh-oh. Here, you got to talk on the microphone like this. It goes on the internet. Here, hold the mic up to your mouth so I can hear you. What to say? Just, uh, I'm going to show you something, and I want your opinion. Okay. Okay. So I do this thing on the road where uh-huh. I where I um, leave hotel rooms in an interesting manner, uh-huh. so the maid can see them and it makes her laugh. Okay. Uh-huh. So now I want I'm going to show you them, and you you, <laughs> you tell me what you think. Okay. But hold the mic up to your mouth so we can hear you. Just tell me what you think. Just I'm going to show you the picture, but hold the mic up here. What's your name? What's your name? Ajara. Ajara? Mm-hmm. Okay, where are you from? I'm from West Africa. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where in West Africa? Hmm? Sierra Leone? Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so these are the things I leave in the hotel room. You tell me what you think, okay? Mm-hmm. Like this, where I put that in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. and it j- What is it? <laughs> it's. <laughs> Hold the mic up to your mouth so we can hear you laugh. <laughs> it's going to sound like you had a stroke. <laughs> So look at this. This is what I do. That's to the toilet. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then this is one I did in Dallas. That's a, a dog. Are you serious? Wow. <laughs> Wait, look at this one. Does that look real? It look real. 
It does. That's just pillows and I towels have... with boots and my shirt. You serious? I swear to God. I make these myself. Look at this one. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Oh no! But I'll, I'll, no, I'll pretend, pretend you're cleaning my room, and you don't have to clean it today. And I'll give you a tip. I'll give you. I have to tip you anyway. Here, wait, wait. I'm gonna show you another one. Okay. Ooh, look at this one. I did this with my daughters. Wow, that's it, nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, look at this. You like this? I just put the cheek sticking out the window. Oh, okay. So, if you saw these, would you think? Would you laugh? Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> Thank you. You've just yeah. you've just literally <laughs> defined everything I needed to hear. Right. Here, wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you, th- please, on, on, uh, for cleaning the rooms to this week. Thank you oh, very much. I appreciate so it. Much. Have thank a great you. day. Thank, thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Do you have a website? You have anything you want to promote? Hmm? Do you have a website? Anything? The website. Do you have a website? Yeah. What's your website? My website is uh, for. For. Fall. How do you spell that? Spell yeah. Here, write it down, and we'll promote it. Here you go. Here, write it down, and I'll promote it. Oh, you gotta pull it, pull it off. It's a sharpie. Pull the top. Just pull the top. Oh, right here. Right yeah, here. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then. This is the L. Sule, and then for for soul. Yeah, for soul. At what is that? My son, no, let me call him. Okay, sure. Call your son. Yeah, I don't go too much. I don't use too much. Oh, wait, no, is it, no, is this an email address maybe? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I oh. meant like, no, I don't want, I'm not going to give out your email oh, address. Okay, okay. No, no, no. Just like a place, do you, do you have children? Do they do anything like music or comedy? My son likes to do those kind of stuff, like put his stuff like this. He does? Yeah, sometimes he does. What's his name? Maybe we can find him online. Well, little, so I don't oh okay oh, okay all right well i appreciate you being a part of this yeah, thank, thank you, you very much I, I i talked to you all day are you I'm sure like, you have to leave yeah you, you sure <laughs> thank you uh, i appreciate it you have a great day thank, thank you very much thank you uh yeah leave it open because he's coming back okay, no thank you oh, that's the beauty of a podcast right there people i guess i'll have to leave that in <laughs> she was beautiful she was great that was so much fun. And that's the fun thing about this is there's no rules. Maid comes in. I feel weird calling her maid. That sounds awful. But the maid comes in and we get to show her my, what will the maid think? I'll show you the pictures I showed her. I showed her the chest in the refrigerator. I showed her the um, snake toilet. That was the one she liked the best. The dog. She was like, wait, you make that? And then the man in the couch. The man in the couch. I, these are all on my website, I think. Or they're on my Instagram or something. I also showed her the feet under the bed with the E.T. ghost hanging out in the back. I showed her the Birth the Conqueror Sunday nights at 8, which no longer exists. I showed her the um, the body figure on the ground that's flexing. I showed her the towel, the curtain, the sheet out the window. Oh, shut the fuck up. Oh, look at this. Where was that? I'm looking on the Bert the Conqueror Facebook page, and they have a v- picture of the time I got What Will the Maid Think pranked in um, Gr- um, Glenwood Canyon Springs. Glenwood Canyon Springs at the – what hotel was this? Let's see if I can pull this up. Um, Glenwood Canyon Springs. Uh, it's on the Bert the Conqueror Facebook page. How the fuck does the Bert the Conqueror Facebook page have more fans than I do? Well, this show's not even around. Um 
I can't pod- maybe I'll go to pictures. This is what a podcast would sound like with me alone, guys, is me surfing the internet talking to you. Oh, look, there's me and Adam. Oh, wow. This is a pretty cool fucking page. Okay, if you go to, if you want to see this, this is actually pretty cool. Go to the Birth Conqueror Facebook fan page. It's got 23,000 fucking people. Oh, you guys a picture of me and Georgia and Island Leanne. Oh, these are really cool pictures. Oh, this worked out pr- fucking great. Yeah. Jeff's back. Okay, go to the bathroom. And there's pictures of me and Adam going skydiving, indoor skydiving. There's the picture, if you scroll through, God, I'm fucking tweeting this right now, of when I got What Will The Maid Think pranked. Oh, Twitter. Of course, Facebook wouldn't let you send it to Twitter. Why would they? Oh, share. Yeah, it does. Share. Loading. Nope, share. Oh, I'll share on my on my timeline. Share photo. Um. So yeah, this is what a podcast would sound like with me alone. Maybe I'll do one one time and just fucking test the ground so that I can do one. I can release two a week, one with a guest and then one with me. And it's just me. I'll do it late night. I will not do a drinking because sadly enough, I don't sound bad when I'm drinking, talking to another person. But when I'm drinking by myself, it sounds really fucking weird. Like really weird. Um, Jenna Knight, Matt Fultron, Patrick Milligan. Brendan Burns, we were just talking about him. He says, I read a message from Brendan Burns. Let's read from a caller. Terrible time trying to get a hold of you. Provenza and I want to come to the Wednesday house. Is that cool? Let me know. Fuck. Should have read this. This was sent Monday, and I was in Minnesota. Fuck. I am so bad at this shit. Oh, I should read more messages. I'm super bad businessman in the sense that I don't like doing the work, like I don't mind doing the creative work, but the fucking legwork that has to happen to be a businessman in this business. Here, let me undo this. I suck at. She loved the pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she loved them. It's such a funny thing. What would the maid think? I said, "What?" I said, "Do you have an address you want a uh, web, website you want to promote?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." And I was like, "Oh, shut up! She's got a website." <laughs> she gave me her email address, and I was like, "Oh fuck! I got to take that out." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to let everyone email you. She's from the Ivy Cro- Coast, Ivory Coast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Really nice lady. That was fucking great. And I gave her a tip. Oh, good. Really? Yeah, I had to. <laughs> I tip big on maids. I always do. Yeah? Yeah, because I, you know, I feel like I have such a fucking reputation for these fucking places yeah. that I go, oh, fuck. It's just... It's like I, I, you know, I stay. Oh, here. I never finished my story. That club that I, that club that I went to, that I don't want to name, and I went out drinking with the staff on Thursday night. Yeah, the Red Bull vodka. Red Bull keeps you standing long after you should have passed out. Yeah, from yeah, the you told me that. Jägermeister. I accident. I don't remember doing this, but I accidentally ripped everything off the wall in the bathroom. The towel bars. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know how. I think I fell. Oh shit! Just at night and just fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just took it all to the ground and then woke up the next day and was like, holy shit, something happened. Oh, that's <laughs> something f- happened here. That's fucking uh, those those are the nights where you wake up and you like your arms sore and you're like, wonder why? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Why are my ribs cut? <laughs> what did I do? And it's because it's because I should have like I blacked out from the alcohol, but I didn't pass out because of the Red Bull. Yeah. So my body's still moving around. Wait, what were we talking about before this, though? Okay, so, wait. The sour grapes. No, yeah. What were we going to say about sour grapes right before you had to leave? Oh, it was the, uh, where you work your ass off to climb the ladder, and then you realize it's not even a ladder. that's the majority of comics' belief is, the majority of comics are going through some sort of sour grapes in one way or another. I know, it's not, it's, I'm just trying to figure out how to do this, like, I'm trying to figure out how to do it, because there's no way to do it. 
Yeah. There's no blueprint. There's nothing you can follow. There's no way you can do. There's no way I could do what Louis did. There's no way anybody could do what I've done. Like people are like, how did you get on Gotham? I'm like, oh, uh, you you need a series of one in a million events to happen in a row. And uh, then you get on Gotham. Uh, this fucking guy wants eight, four tickets. For Saturday? Eight tickets for the, I think it's it's sold out. I'm just going to tell him it's, uh, it's sold out. It's first show, or, uh, no, like, I got on Gotham because. I mean, let me call the fucking club. Jesus Christ. I, I'm, I'm fucking. Uh, Are you going to call the club on the air? Yeah. Do you know the club, the number to the Cincinnati Funny Bone? I should have it, right? I don't know. I don't even know who the manager is now because the guy who was, they change managers frequently. And I'll, I don't I'll know. I haven't Chris. been there since the new guy's been there. I'll text Chris. Find out if it's, I still know Chris. Chris and I, Chris, I get a kick out of Chris. He's been here forever. Yeah, yeah. Since it was in that old room. I remember when it was all in the old room. I think that's why me and him are friends. I like the old room better because the, the door's not by the stage. Yeah. Hey, Chris, is the show, are the shows sold out tonight or is there room? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm trying to get people here. Yeah, I got some dude wants eight tickets for the early show. Um, let me, uh, let me hit Ryan up. Uh, just send me the name and what you're trying to do and I'll send it over to him. It's, it's, it's Chris Owens, eight tickets for the early show. You just said his name okay. on the air. Oh. And, okay, I'll text him right now. And then just let me know. Okay, I'll let you know ASAP. All right, thanks, buddy. Um, it's a little bit different at your level, but at my level, when people are like, when people are like, "Hey, give me four tickets for the show," it's like, I need people to buy tickets to see me now. Yeah, and, like, and you're we're supposed to be friends. Like, I thought we were all adults. Like, we yeah. have our money. We have our own money. Like, I'll do what I can. But there's also nothing weirder than when somebody from across the country sends me a text and is like, do you know who's opening for Gaffigan? Oh. No, what the fuck? Look, I, yeah, I'm, th- that's one thing that I don't understand. Hang on, let me text this guy. Um, I, th- I think the shows have been sold out for a week, but I'm seeing what I can do. I think- Eight is a lot of tickets to ask for. He texted me. But um, yeah, last night he told me the shows were sold out. So, I'm, but they can always fucking try to slide people in. Yeah. yeah. So, but eight's a lot. Well, it's not. I want to. I want to be very clear that it's not sour grapes. I don't. The clubs don't owe me anything. But no, I, no, also it's, don't, I don't think it's sour grapes. But it's just the way comics feel about this business. But yeah, I don't think the clubs owe me anything. But I also don't think I owe the clubs anything. Yeah. And that's that's where it is. Because I, feel like, I, I feel like I owe the club something. I don't owe the clubs anything. What I don't like is when I, I, I had to cancel a gig because I couldn't find an airplane ticket for less than what I was making. Like I was going to lose – the best I could do was lose $50 on the ticket. And then I had to live in that town for but five days. That was days. the fucking beginning of my career is I had to find myself. I had to put myself up. But I couldn't for do everyone. that. everyone. I never – No, I know, but I couldn't, I couldn't afford to do that. And then – I say that a month out, and I, you know, I get a bunch of shit for it. Why didn't you start looking earlier? Why didn't you what, like all this stuff? And it's like, well, what about what happened to the first three years when I was emailing you, and you were like, "Listen, I got a million comics. Uh, I don't have room yet. Well, yeah. why don't you call one of those million? If yeah. like you didn't book me forever because of that, now you finally got around to it. I'm good enough to work your club. I've been there before, and I just can't lose fifty dollars on the ticket plus two hundred dollars to live in your town. Yeah, and 
I know what you're saying. But you have a million comics. Like, it's just David Tell told me when I first started, it only gets worse. Every step where you think you've crossed some fucking barrier, it only gets worse. Like, just when you think, oh, great, now I'm selling out, it only gets worse because now you're, like, worried about head counts and you're worried about fucking – not that Attell's ever worried about a head count. But, like, you're worried about am I providing a good show for a sold-out show? Will I sell out next year? Like, all the – it all fucking – Spiral. So now, so now, so now you are back in Cincinnati. Yeah, you're working here. I've been here for. I moved back in uh, the end of August of 2010. So it's been two and a half years. And you're, but you're doing the road when you choose to do the road. Yeah. And you're doing. You work with Stanhope when he tours. Yeah, I work with. I work with Stanhope whenever he's around. Whenever he, whenever he does a thing, uh, I do. And then I'm just trying to do just what I want, like the clubs I want. Fucking Facebook. Sorry. The clubs I want, when I, the clubs I like, the clubs that have always been good to me, the places I like doing stand up, the uh, and and the things where I can make where I can make money. Like there's like I don't want clubs to hear this and be like, how come he's not? Does he not like us? Well, it might not be that. It might just be you're twelve hundred miles away. Yeah, and it's and I can't I can't keep breaking even. Like, Cincinnati is a good place to be located. Cause there's so many clubs around here. Yeah. And I do so many clubs. You know, I like I. There's clubs I like to work, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bail out on those clubs. I like working. I, you know, I like working in Nashville. I like working in Bloomington and whatnot. But it's it's like I like I you try so hard, and then they just they just don't they just don't they don't care. But then they then they get mad at you because you make a move to further yourself. Like like so many so many people at clubs like to be gatekeepers. Where like no, we tell you when you headline. Like, well, no, I mean, I've been opening for like, yeah. this isn't, this isn't, this is merit based. This is a merit based industry, not a seniority based industry. Like, yeah. Just because it, this yeah. guy's been here for 25 years, he's not, you know, I sell, he's selling, he's selling no tickets. He's not selling any more tickets than I could sell. He's, you know, he's got less, less credits, never been on television. Like, I don't think being on television means anything, but yeah. it, it well, does it, mean something. It means something because getting you on can, television gets you into radio, getting on radio gets you to, out to the people that know that yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a, it's I mean, there a is, there is, effect. and there is, and, and it's well. I mean, you're kind of on both sides of the fence a little bit because it, merit. I mean, you, if the goal is just to put asses in seats, then then the you know the the guys who do television and decide to do stand up, that's their only fucking purpose into coming into that club. No, that's fine. Like again, I just don't. I'm not against the clubs booking them or them working the yeah. clubs. I'm. I just wish that they treated what i've devoted my life to with a little bit more respect no one's gonna ever treat. i remember i remember like that will never happen even no, even the clubs, even a, the clubs a, that you think there's no club around that actually like i mean think about i'm trying to think i don't even know if these guys exist but like who are the fucking comics that are just murderers that we love and they're not getting any respect on the road like uh andy kindler yeah andy kindler is fucking amazing yeah he's amazing i'd watch him eat crackers on stage yeah <laughs> well, he doesn't have offers i mean maybe he doesn't want to do offers maybe he doesn't want to do the road maybe it's his choice but like but I've also I've also seen Andy Kindler walk ninety people from a room. Yeah, but I, I would love to watch that. Yeah, as a personal like yeah, yeah, I try to explain to people. To I try to I try to explain to people. I, I'd buy a ticket to watch him walk. No, I know, but people. you you know what I mean. Like yeah, I, I watched I, that happen and I loved it. But guess what? I got in free. Yeah, I, I was. I, I think I was. I was opening for him. I was in the middle. I would. Um, I would. I, I say I have like I think. I've got a refined sense of comedy the same way – like I never understood how a person could tell the difference between a 100-year-old bottle of wine and a 10-year-old bottle of wine. Right. I can with comedy. Right, I can right. with comedy. I can tell you fucking – there are comics that I dig that no one would like. 
<laughs> but I like them because I know what they're doing. Right. I know what they're doing on stage. Like, like. So yeah, like, I, but I don't think I don't think my tastes have always been refined. I think it took a while to get there. And well, stuff, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Road but I mean, drinking ten dollars, two buck chalk, where you're like, motherfucker, <laughs> give me something that's fucking tastes good. I still good. don't mind it. I still don't like. But I do the same thing with beer. Where they're like, my friends are like, we gotta go to this place because they got they got four dollar whatever, like some fancy beer or whatever. I'm like, I don't want a four. Like, I don't looking for a cheaper. Really good beer. I, that's yeah. not that's not the kind of beer I want. But the kind of beer I want is I want nine beers. So I want to. I'm going to go wherever I can. Wherever Budweiser's cheapest. Yeah. Because I'm going to drink nine Budweisers. I can't drink nine IPAs. It's it'll eat up my esophagus. Will fall apart, and I'll have to breathe through a tube. I think I need to switch my beers. Why? What do you drink? Heineken. Is that too rough? I don't know. I definitely got heartburn last night. Yeah, it's if I don't eat something before I go to bed, and I have Heinekens in my system, I'll yeah. heartburn. Well, any any sort reflux. of well, you always gotta have a little something in your stomach. No, I'm but, dying. I'm fucking really. Yeah, I had a I had I ch- egg whites yesterday for breakfast. <laughs> I had chipotle uh, burrito bowl for lunch, <laughs> and then I had a chicken breast and some veggies for uh, for dinner. And today I had today I had salmon salad. And then I'll eat something at the club, and that's it. I'll eat fucking nothing. I'll be fucking so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Your hat's not even gonna fit. Oh, it doesn't fit already. I yeah. buy a size eight because they shrink, but this one hasn't shrunk totally. Yeah. So it's a little loose, and all people do when they see a picture of this is like, "Fold your fucking brim, asshole." I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a redneck. I love it. I love it when people are like, uh, when people are dicks on the internet. There's nothing funnier. I, I just got a tweet. That, I just got tweeted that the other day from some guy that was like. Eat a bag of dicks big time. Like, what are you doing? Why do you, first, why of all, do you you're, first of all, you're stealing Louis C.K.'s joke. <laughs> yeah, also, but also why? Like, why take the time? Because, uh, because it's, you know, it's like what they're, you know what it is, I think, I th- and I'm, I'm speaking in general terms because I don't know why people do that because I have never done it. I take that back. I have done it. I actually stopped myself from sending a dick-ass tweet the other day yeah. and was like, holy shit, why am I attacking this person? Like, I'm attacking this person so that my fans will laugh. Yeah, but then this person has to read it, and then they go, "What the fuck did I do to you today?" Like, and so I was like, "I think that's one is to get a laugh from your fans, the people reading your site." Like, and then if you get into a back and forth, the people that follow you or more people will follow you and go, "Like, what the fuck?" He came back at him. Like, that's why I don't reply to negative stuff. I'm barely even reading my Twitter these days. To be dead honest with you, yeah. I peruse it, and anything positive or with a picture, I retweet. Yeah. People are like enough with the a lot of comics and my friends go enough with the positive or retweeting compliments. That's like uh, fucking a humble brag or whatever. No, what it does <laughs> is it gets more positive fucking comments. Yeah, people who retweet negative comments fucking get more negative comments. Yeah, and so yeah, I just that's true. I I like uh, but positive. I mean. I try to be positive. I had bouts with negativity, but it's still like it's still fun. Like doing stand-up's fun. I guess that's where it comes off like sour grapes. Some people have gone out of their way to make stand-up not as fun, and that's not why I ever did it. I'd yeah. rather it be fun. And so, yeah, if it if it I should only be fun, and and, and, you, I and you're right, money or if you like you you don't get to treat me like a business acquisition, and then get angry at me because i've hurt our personal relationship by going to another room in the same town because they offered me three times as much money or yeah. decided to be like you're a headliner oh come yeah. work for us and then they're like but you work for us like, yeah, i'm well past never, that 
I've, I've, I've started this business with personal relationships with everyone I worked with. Yeah. Everyone. I have fired every single person in my life that ever meant anything to me. I have no more love in my heart when it comes to business. Yeah. I'm a fucking. You I can't. Am, I am the machine. I fucking barrel through. And I just. I, it, well, the last one was my fucking. My longtime agent, who I absolutely still to this day love with my heart, but I had to do it because it was the right business move. And I was like, there are no fucking rules in this business. It's business. It's like why I move, I'm moving over to the punchline in Atlanta. And, I, and they were like, do you need to call Marshall? I was like, I don't. He knows that he, he's going to know it. And that's all. I mean, it says, what, am I going to break it easy? Am I going to have a conversation, phone call conversation with him, with him? I can't do the laughing skull. I just can't make enough money there to justify a weekend for me. And you're going to end up. Calling him is going to end up putting you in a situation where you have to – you just have to weather him trying to talk you out of it. Right, and I'm like – and I don't – that's not going to happen, I, and I love Marshall, and I'd, I'd want him to do a guest set at the punchline, but I know that'll never happen. But, like, I don't want to stop being friends with him, but I just – he – I'm sure he understands it deep down inside. That's the other thing about these business decisions is people understand it deep down inside, but they don't want you to change it. Like, I love – the Laughing School is a fucking great room. I love that room. It's a fun room because it doesn't – you don't get big gut laughs. You get fucking real laughs. You get, like, the real laughs that, of, like, an awkward, quiet room. And you write a ton. Not that everyone that does that room, in that like, not a lot of people that do that room write a ton. They just do their acts, and you're like, that's not. You're using this room for the wrong fucking reason. But I love that room. I, I would do that room. I would swing by if and do that room on a late night while I'm in Atlanta. I love that room that much. But I need to make money to go on the road. I cannot justify fucking. I can't. Ju- I can't justify a hundred dollar ticket prices so that I can break even for the weekend. Right. Right. You know, because you're what only you, get keep- what you need. Well, you're only I mean you're only going to there's only 80 seat, 80 seats in the room. Well, you're also paying out whatever you make, people have to understand you're paying out half at least. Uh, more than. You I, have a manager, an agent, taxes, lawyer, uh, ex, a lawyer, expenses like you're you're I you're have two kids, two cars, a mortgage, a wife. Like right, I just, right. and it's you're a paying business. through the kids, the cars, the mortgage and the wife on 40 cents on the dollar from what you're making on the weekend. Yeah. And so, so when you're making when you're making forty cents on the dollar because the room's tiny. Now you're now you're trying to live on forty cents on that dollar. Yeah, and the room can be great, and the people can be great, and the guy that runs it can be great. But you have and, Mar- and Marshall can't give you a hundred percent of the door because he needs to make money. On right, that room. you're making you're running a business. The business is you. Yeah, but it's a business, and you know. And I, I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of guys that make more money than me on the road that do that room, but that's because they can. I just can't right, right now. I'm not in that place in my career where I can. I well, just, you also don't get to. You're so busy with the other stuff that you you have to pick your road stuff too. A little yeah, bit. I mean, Greg Proops probably goes into that room and does a weekend there and and fucking creates and and but he's got, got millions of dollars. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure he's got a yeah. million dollars. I'm sure. He's been How? in this business. Oh so yeah, he was long. on like he was on like SpongeBob. He goes and stuff. he goes over to fucking Europe and makes or like Bob a million dollars for like the Fringe Festival. Yeah, he's, yeah. And he's a fucking genius comic. He's got a great podcast. Like fucking, that's his career. That's just not mine. Right, right, right. You're allowed to take some vanity weeks. Yeah, it's You're like not. It's he, like Stanhope can do what he wants to do on the road because he's Doug Stanhope and he has bingo to take care of and maybe probably a couple people that live on his property. Well, he's also, he's also worked his nut down to nothing. Yeah. Like he owns that place in Arizona. Yeah. He lives, uh, he lives an hour and a half or th- two hours from the airport. He's, he's so locked down in what he wants. He got a fucking circum, not circumcision, of an episiotomy. What the fuck did he get? A, a vasectomy. vasectomy. Yeah. So he doesn't ever have to worry about just a surprise popping up. Right. Like I have... Fucking, I just, I just don't have that life, and I'm, I'm, I'm jealous at times where I go, God damn it, I'd love 
to fucking hit Scandinavia. I'd love to fucking do Oslo and then stop by London and do a couple shows and then have fun and see the city and fucking. Yeah, but it's risky. It's really risky now. That's why. That's why I got. That's why I went and got a job so that when I do stand up, I can try to do stand up more on like the way I want to do it, like to make it fun again. Yeah. Whereas like that's why I'm doing those. Like I'm trying to do these bars or whatever. Like because I just wanted to. I just want to do a tour with dudes. I dudes i like like i want to just do a big tour like at theaters with like four or five comics that i fucking get along with and be on a tour bus and like what fly. rogan does no rogan bit? rogan does there's it. no real bus no rogan right? I, yeah rogan does it but it's like it's uh but he's it's, like when he showed up in cincinnati it was red band and tripoli were with him yeah but it's just one show yeah like i want to do the fucking road i want to do show after show after show like and i and i and like I can't just I, – well, I fucking so badly want to just give up one weekend and do one fucking UFC weekend with Joe and just fucking go to the fight yeah. and party at night. And well, Segura's doing that this fall. Like, I'm, I know I'm doing a few shows with him and Christina, yeah, like Death Squad stuff or whatever, uh, and Dayton and – Oh, yeah, with Columbus uh, with and Red Band and – Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. going to do some of those. I think Pittsburgh. Those are a, fun shows. There's a handful of those, and it's just – like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I fucking – Love Tom and Christina. Yeah, you'll have a and good I get time to spend I get to spend three or four days with them. Any, and getting involved with anything Death Squad's always a good idea. It's a good fucking group. It's a fucking solid, f- like uh, like hashtag of people. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out what it was. I had no idea. People oh, they're fucking awesome. It. It's a it's the greatest it's the greatest affiliation I've ever had. They come out in droves. They come out to like they come out and they're like, yeah, man, we're here for both shows. We're gonna go to early show and late show. And like you're like really, or they'll come out Thursday and they'll like we'll see you Sunday. We got a bigger party coming out Sunday. They bring eight people with them. The, this that's the great thing about like death squads. The, 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 they'll be like one dude and he'll be in his death squad shirt and his wife will be like, I got him tickets. He lo- he's a big fan of the podcast. He loves Joe. He loves Matt, Joey Diaz. He loves Ari. And he brought 19 people he works with. And like it's the fucking greatest. I fucking love it. So yeah, they'll well, yeah, be there. They'll in. be in full force tonight. Are you? Uh, is this a death squad podcast? Uh yeah yeah but not like it's not on the network it's not on Death Squad Network but on but the Death Squad Network Death Squad. is I I'm a, I guess yeah I mean I I'm hesitant to ever say anything like that only because it sounds weird to be forty year old forty years old and be like yeah I'm Death Squad I'm in a club but no I am <laughs> I am Death Squad I am a part of the Death Squad family Death Squad for life I know that I I feel like I I might be uh let's say Death Squad adjacent you're definitely Death Squad like adjacent I'm, I'm in like I live you're in, definitely Death Squad adjacent I live in, you, I live in Beverly second. Hills but I don't have the nine zero two one zero area code <laughs> hey what's up babe are you sleeping no I'm doing a podcast oh. Okay. What's up? I wanted to talk to you about our family's flights to Georgia, but that's okay. probably not a good time. Yeah, let me call you back. All right, babe. All right, love you. Right, love you, too. Bye. So, um, was that your agent? Yeah, that was my, that was my agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you, touring with Stanhope is, Doug, Doug Stanhope is, although I, I don't think Doug is like, uh, is, I don't know. Death Squad moniker is an interesting brand. I'd like to get a, I guess I'd like to get a fucking list of who is Death Squad. It's Death probably, Squad feels gonna, it's Tripoli, Rogan, Red Band, Ari, like, I Joey. Feel like some people have co-opted it. Like, are there like eighty Death Squad podcasts? No, because there oh, are no, people no. that like like listen to my thing and it's a Death Squad for life. And like, are they just like fans that have their own podcast? Yes, or? they are. They are part of the Death Squad family, I guess, but they're fans. And Death the, and the Death sounds Squad. so mean. It was, <laughs> I think it was made, meant as a joke. 
it was meant as a joke because like Joe came into some radio station and her uh, it was Opie and Anthony. Joe, Joe walked into uh, Opie and Anthony and Opie saw Joe with all his friends and they're all wearing like hoodies and they're all fucking in shape and he's like, "Look at Joe roll in with the death squad," and so <laughs> and so then they started using it as a joke. And then when he, Joe started doing his podcast, it came up, and uh, and then Red Band kind of took the ball and ran with it to make sure that you know, like, to kind of move it forward. And then I think that kind of blew it up. And now Joe, Red Band has his Death Squad network, which is like I want to say it's probably Tripoli Show, it's Kevin Pereira, it's probably Ari. Little Lester, not Ari, not Ari. Ari, myself, and Joey Diaz are kind of just independent. I think yeah, we're just independent. Tom's Segura independent. too, right? Segura's independent too. And Joe's independent. Joe's not even on. The only, the, and the only reason I say that is because Brian has, does so many podcasts yeah. that he has to release them when he has space available. Yeah. So he can't just release them right when you tape them. Yeah. So that's why I think everyone went to their own one so they could release it when they wanted to release it. Oh, right, right, you right. You know, it's like, you know, so yeah. And then, uh, I guess so. <laughs> it's weird that it's like, it's like in every town, the comedy scene's a little clicky. Yeah, but now it's like now it's like it's breaking off into this other thing where it's like you're Death Squad, you're Nerdist, you're like well, podcasting has definitely done that. You're yeah, Earwolf, yeah. Earwolf and Nerdist don't clash. I'm like, what the fuck? It's yeah, the I same. thought they were the same thing. I thought they were the same thing too. I was like, aren't you guys all the same people? Yeah. And they're like, no, no, that's Earwolf, Nerdist. Nerdist hangs out at the comic book stores. Earwolf hangs out at UCB. UCB. And so and so, like, <laughs> I think it's fucking fascinating. Yeah, but then but then they also. But that's where that's where they're nerdists. But then they also go to the UCB, and yeah. the Airwolf still goes to comic book stores. But well, like not. a lot of the people that are on uh, like different like uh, all things comedy is Bill Burr, Al Al Madrigal, Ari's on all things comedy. But they all cross over to Death Squad. I mean, I think you know yeah. the thing is there is no real fucking thing Death Squad in that in that that win our. I know they were nice. To, I know they were nice to me when it's when I got in that fight on that Stanhope tour and some jack some fuckface stole my hat. Yeah. Uh, Segura tweeted about it, and then Death Squad people were, for like the next two weeks, were like, "I'm going to South Bend. I'm fucking gonna get your hat back. Where, what bar were you in?" And like the de- the Death Squad people really picked up the mantle. And were oh, they're like, fucking we'll amazing! Like thing. that, they are fucking an army. I really you... thought they would find my hat. They didn't get uh, after it. Death Squad, go get my hat. It's in South Bend. Oh, uh, this is uh, this is Bird Squad. Bird Squad. <laughs> Bird Squad. Bird I should have gone to the Bird Squad podcast. <laughs> Bird Squad. Oh shit! Almost just fucking unplugged our thing. Um. All there right. Was like, there was a brief contest between whether or not Death Squad or Stanhope's Sausage Army could find the hat first. Stanhope's is that's right. I heard him say he wanted to have a group called the Sausage Army. Yeah, yeah. Stanhope's an interesting guy. I texted him when he was in LA to see if he could do my podcast. He's like, "Oh, I'm in and out next time." He does. Uh, yeah, he he. Goes to LA as little as possible for yeah. the least amount of time possible. That makes sense. He's a uh, his. Oh, I've I was eating breakfast today, and there was a guy in the restaurant wearing your shirt. Are you shitting me? No, not at all. That's fucking awesome. I said we see that machine shirt. Fucking. Oh, that's do you the see- only shirt that a comedian sells that I've ever seen just out in public. Uh, yeah, that's it's a it's a I I really lucked into. A good shirt. That's a good shirt. Yeah. It's fucking, and it's so propaganda. Like, like it's so my face. But it's, it's I, but it's, it's so great because it just. That's such a great story. It's long. It's, it's fucking twelve minutes long. It's perfect. 
And it's just, it's so much drinking. I got so many of those drinking stories, but not like that. Uh, like nothing okay. that I can do. I don't do any, I don't think I do one drinking story on stage. Really? I just don't think I have any, like my drinking stories are generally like, and then, then I just barfed by the house or whatever. And it's like not really. You should, do nine, you should do like 10 drinking stories all together that have great beginnings. And then you're like, and then I barfed. And then I barfed. And they go, yeah, yeah. And then this one time, me and this <laughs> half Native American guy who. That knew, is knew how they all start. They all start great, like with a lot of enthusiasm. And then, but drinking tends to lend itself to, like, it's got that hard out where you're just done. Like, and then, and then I don't know. And then it was tomorrow. And like every story could end with, and then it was tomorrow. Yeah. I have, uh, I've done a lot of drugs. I have stories like that, but not. You should do drug. I used to do drug stories, like taking acid and going to Disneyland and shit like that. Yeah, that was a good story. I got a good acid story. I took acid and went to a. I used to eat acid and not tell my friends. I did not understand that. Well, it's like I I I took I ate acid so much that just eating acid became boring. So to spice it up or to make it fun, I would then do it in secret sometimes. You like Jim Morrison? Yeah, like Jim Morrison would eat acid and not tell Pam. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, Jim Morrison had a Pam in his life. Yeah, wasn't that Pamela? I don't have any idea. Pamela Morrison. I don't know much about. I don't care for the Doors. Really? I yeah. fucking loved the Doors. I loved the Doors. I just wrote a story in my book about when I was in the band Creed. I wasn't in the band Creed. Let me rephrase that. When I was in, that, that sounds like a lie. That is a lie right there. When I was in a band with the guitarist from Creed, and which is not a lie, and everyone can go fuck themselves, because that guy denies that that ever happened. I go, bullshit. I have three dudes who remember it the same way I do. You're the only one who doesn't remember it. And uh, But I was I was studying to be my my lead, the lead singer, the front man. I wouldn't call myself the lead singer. I was front man. Because yeah. I was like, there's more to it. Not singing's like the littlest part. <laughs> I need the I need I need the fucking aura. I need the fucking I need to be hanging out at windows and climbing on rooftops and so dancing with a scarves. bottle. Yeah, I need some scarves. That's what I need. Scarves. <laughs> oh fuck. All right, I gotta go work out. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got to do tonight? I gotta work. Are you working tonight? Yeah. yeah. I I'm working at Government uh, Mule. What? I thought you were gonna go see Government Mule for some reason. Are they Are they in town? Tonight? Yeah, they're in town. Oh no, my waiter over red, at, but... uh, at the. I'm going to see Government Mule at Bonnaroo. My waiter at the Rock Bottom in I Cincinnati. Used to work there. Seven oh, years ago. That's why he, he got comped my lunch today. Yeah. Dude, I had the fucking compiest day today. Yeah. Went to Rock Bottom to go eat lunch, order lunch, order double helping of salmon on my salad. Yeah. And uh, he sits down with me, and he's, I think he maybe might have recognized me, or he just liked my hat. Yeah. Like, But we ended up talking about comedy. <laughs> he asked me what I did. I told him I was a comedian and talked about comedy. And then um, and then he came by and gave me a cup, like a glass, and he was like, you know, take this. You know, just like as a you know, memento. If there's a different one you want, go get it. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then he was like, oh, the manager um, wants to comp your meal. And I was like, oh, thanks. So I tipped him like 20 bucks. I think that's fair, right? Yeah, yeah. I tipped him 20 bucks, and then I left. I went to Tiffany's because I wanted to get jewelry cleaner. And I walked in, and uh, and uh, the guy comes up to me, and he's like, uh, hey, how you doing? Like, real friendly. I go, good. And he goes, can I help you something? Something for the wife? I went, no, I really just need jewelry cleaner. And he was like, okay, all right, let me see what I can do. And he goes in the back and then gives me this, takes it out front and hands it to me. He goes, just take it. I was like, thanks. What? I know. I was like, fucking awesome. I had the exact opposite experience. 
And so I was like, this is fucking great. And then I went to a mall to see if it would happen again, and it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> then I just stole these things. <laughs> Everything's free today. Yeah, so I'm going to clean. I went to a, I ate breakfast today, and it was like, it was a terrible experience. Two, I was just, my friends were already there, and me and another friend showed up late, which, whatever. But we order our food. It's very simple. Uh, it's brunch. We get two omelets. The uh, our friends do this thing like where like this girl fucked up our order both ways. Like her her order and my order just fucked them up. Didn't get them right at all. And then we so we tell her and we fix it. And the like our friends are like, ah oh, man, you know maybe she's whatever. Like trying to like like it's not a big deal, yeah. which it isn't. But then. After they do that, after they try to placate us for being like, oh, maybe she just got confused or whatever. Like, oh, that's fine. People do that. Then they start telling stories about how when they ordered 30 minutes ago, all their food came out fucked up. <laughs> and I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, you already know that there's a pattern here yeah. where this girl doesn't get anything right. And now, and you're trying to tell us, oh, settle down. Maybe she just – if she is, she's the most – it's the most intense confusion that's ever laid upon someone's brain. Yeah. And she – they like one of the stories was like one of the girls ordered – Eggs Benedict and was like, "Can I get a tomato on it?" And the girl was like, "What do you mean, like a slice of tomato? Like uh, what the what the fuck? Just write it down. The kitchen will do it. First of all, it's on the menu. Yeah. Secondly, I get maybe she wasn't properly trained in this place, but have you honestly never seen Eggs Benedict before? Like, yeah. You don't understand how food like you just like you broke free of a. Cult. Some people don't like. I want to remember when I worked at I worked at if they're not like we went to a restaurant one time me and Segura in Hawaii and we were like, "What's good on the menu?" And the girl's like, "I don't know." And we're like, what do you mean? How can you not know? She goes, I don't know. I said, well, what, 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 what have you delivered that is really good? And she goes, like, I don't, you know, it all looks good, but I go, have you not tasted? And she goes, to be dead honest with you, the manager won't let us taste the food. And I went, can I talk to your manager? And he, she was like, uh, am I in trouble? I go, no, you're not. But he's an idiot. That's so, insane. That must mean the food's not good. <laughs> I walked the manager over. I go, we're, we're going. We don't want to eat here anymore because. She has never tasted any of the food. So what does that mean to you? And he's like, I don't know why she hasn't tasted the food. She's like, you won't let us eat it, Jerry. <laughs> and I was like, you need to let them taste the food so they can recommend things. That's classic Jerry. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, we, we don't know what to get. We don't know what anything looks like. We don't know what the plates are. She doesn't know either. No one knows. So how the fuck – like when you come here to a restaurant, you're like, what do you recommend? They should have a recommendation. But that's that's poor management and poor training. What I'm talking about is this girl's never just, even yeah. seen food before. She's like, uh, uh, uh eggs. But maybe she's just, maybe she was homeschooled. Right. They're like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, she acted like she just broke free of a cult and got this job yesterday. It was like, finally, I can live on my own. Oh. But it, it didn't. And then, like, I'm eating, like, I still have half an omelet on my plate. Oh, and dude, they do that all by, the yep, This guy yep. walks by and goes, can I take anything out of your way? And I go, I go, oh, no, like. Like, there was an empty plate somewhere, and he grabbed that. And then he grabs a hold of my plate like he's going to take that. I am in the middle of cutting a bite off my omelet with my fork. Like, my fork yeah. is on the plate, <laughs> and he tries to – I go, what are you doing? And he goes, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. What the fuck about this I've had half that. I've of had that food done. looks like I'm done? Yeah. What the fuck about me taking a bite? I'm currently taking a bite. Yeah. And you just – you try to pull it away from me? Have we been here too long? Like we've been here too long. Sometimes, sometimes they try to turn those tables. I've had them do that to me. There was where they, half the tables were empty. I, one time, I they pulled a plate from me, and I they pulled a plate from me uh, when I went to the bathroom. I came back and I go, and I go "Where did my food go?" And they're like, "I thought you were done." I go, it was "Half a fucking cheeseburger there. Like it was cut in half." You don't get to decide when I'm done. Yeah, you don't get to. Yeah, you fucking work there. Like God damn it, God damn it. Like that makes me like it's not. I understand you write it down wrong or you whatever. You don't know how to work the computers. Yeah. That's fine. 
that that takes care of fifty. Right now, there's a parallel podcast going on. That's uh, it's called Waitresses, 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 and they're talking about comics. That's fine. (laughs) Good. Can you believe that they ordered these things from the menu just straight from the menu, and then they were dicks about it when it didn't go out right? I went to a comedy combo one time. This guy like talked to me in the crowd. I don't want to talk to you. You do your shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It said clearly that we would not be talked to. (laughs) If that's the case, then yes, I agree. If I made a promise. That yes. I was going to do magic and that I didn't do magic, you can complain about yes. it. Yes. But when I say I would like bacon and cheese and an omelet and then that's not what I get and there's and then you try to take half of it away from me before I'm done, yeah. what the fuck? Also, when I went out to put money in the meter, yeah. this, was ju- this is just funny. This isn't one of those – like I'm not going in a fucking a Dennis Miller rant. Yeah. Which – oh, by the way, that's why I drink a 44-ounce soda. Everywhere I go that offers a 44-ounce soda – I get it. I don't even want this much soda. I just always get the 44-ounce soda because I remember from that 1987 special when Dennis Miller was like, have you seen this new thing at the 7-Eleven, the big gulp, 32 ounces of soda? Who, what human being needs 32 ounces of soda? What's the next step? Are they just going to back the truck up to your car and fill it with orange soda? Yeah. And I always get the 44-ounce just so I can be like, uh, this is what's next, Dennis, the 44-ounce. <laughs> It turns out I was able to get one bigger than 32 without backing a truck up to my car. <laughs> like, it's this thing in my head from 26 years ago where I'm like, ha got him. Uh, <laughs> I got, I was riding the elevator up to your room. A guy got on, like, I'm coming up. A guy gets on at six. He goes, um, and this whole thing baffled me. At six, the floor stops at six, and I go, oh, I'm going up. And he goes, yeah, me too. Uh, do you know where the fitness center is? And I go, uh, no, I don't. And he goes, it's on seven. And then he hits seven. It's on seven. I don't care where it is. Yeah. The fact is he's looking for the fitness center and he's unwilling to walk up one flight of stairs to f- the, where he thinks the fitness center is. Yeah. And why ask me and then give me the answer? Do you yeah. know where the fitness center is? I don't. It's on seven. The f- Did I just get tricked? Yeah. Like were you just having a bet in your head where you're like, I bet this guy's stupid? Yeah, it's uh, it's on four. Yeah, good. And it's in the South Tower. Hopefully he, wa- hopefully he took the f- elevator to seven. Walked down to four, realized that wasn't where it is, and then walked all the way down. And then by the time he gets there, he's already had his workout. I, I'm doing a new type of vine. Are you on vine? I am no. I'm no, doing I'm a not. new type of vine. It is. And, uh, and my new vine is to hold the phone to my ear as if I'm talking on the phone. Yeah. Then hit, then hit record and say outlandish shit like, no, nah, she's not pregnant. Thank God. <laughs> and then lo- and then record their reaction to me having a conversation when they think I'm not looking. Yeah. But uh, I'm having a hard time aiming. <laughs> You'll like, get better. I did it. a good one. I did a good one. was like, I go, hey, what's up? I go, nope, nope. My test came back negative. And then I was like, wait, yours is positive? And, it was the- and then that's it. But the woman was like, like that. But all you can see is the top of her head turning. You can't- I missed her face. Is there any way that you can... Uh, flip it so it records out no, the back. No, so it only records like facing you. No, 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 it, no. It records this way. Okay, so you can hold it up and then you just say, okay. Hold so you'll up. figure it out. You'll yeah, watch here. Out. I'll do one to you right now. Okay. Yeah. So then you do a really good vine reaction. So I'll go. This diplo. Okay, so I'll go like this. Ready? No, no. I said no, no. I'm gay. <laughs> Was that good? Yeah, let's see. <laughs> I just spit took onto your floor. I'm sorry. No, I missed it. See, I missed it. No, I said no. No. I'm gay. I see. That's so ridiculous. 
I, I, but I miss it. I always miss it. Oh, I don't care. It's, it's just a little bit. It's, it's fine. I, I, I had a towel there anyway. Um, <laughs> so wait, tell us what date you have to promote. So I got to go uh, work out. I'm in Ann Arbor. Comedy Showcase, uh, May 24th and 5th. Okay. The Limestone Comedy Festival, uh, June 6th, 7th, and 8th in Bloomington, Indiana. And June 2nd, Sink and Ship in Indianapolis. And June 3rd, Woodlands Tavern in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. Should have done And I'm this. on Twitter, Jeff Tate96, G E O F F T A T E 96. And buy my album, I Got Potential. It's pretty rad. On iTunes? Yeah, on iTunes, Amazon, from standuprecords.com. Nice. Hit me up, see me at a show. All right. And these are my dates. I'm in Portland Friday and Saturday, uh, May 4th and 5th, or no, 3rd and 4th. The next week, Baltimore. The week after that, I'm in Austin. Then I'm in, do you like how I just slow roll these? Des Moines. Then I'm in Philadelphia. <laughs> then I'm in Buffalo. All right. Those are all my dates. Go to burtburtburt.com. What's your website? JeffTate.biz. Jeff- <laughs> did JeffTate.com go to the fucking lead yeah. singer? All the other JeffTates are for him. JeffTate.net is his, too. You should, you should get not JeffTate. I think I'm going to get uh, JeffTate's Trainwreck. That's Jeff- not even my show. Oh, by the way. I don't know why. I always forget to promote this. I have a show the last Tuesday of every month in Cincinnati at Motor Pub in the basement at 8 p.m. called Jeff Tate's Trainwreck. Oh, nice. All right. If you're from it's Cincinnati. a talk show. It's like it's it's like a podcast, but it's not recorded. You're a fucking idiot. No, I know. Why don't you just record it? I don't know how. It's super easy. Buy this. Plug this into the board or just plug this into the – I'm going to need a- you to go back – further and tell me how to make enough money to buy one of those things like oh. you have to start at the beginning like all the way this is those things are like cheap. this is like a team building exercise where you're like i just do what you say get okay. a cd and have them record it for you all right just I'll have find them some... record it for you but you need to record the audience too because yeah it's i'll find sound somebody it's sound, uh, sound like a play but yeah it's a live it's a live talk show uh it's like if charlie rose was drunk that's how i describe it my dad's usually a guest I get him to talk about the 60s. My dad said the funniest thing the other day at the show. He goes, uh, he was in 1961 or 1960. He had a job as a credit manager for a furniture store. Yeah. And uh, I was like, how did you figure out who got credit in 1960 before computers? Like, was it just based on handshake? Yeah. Like, you'd be like, what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of bourbon do you drink? And they're like, I don't drink bourbon. And you're like, I'm sorry, your credit has been rejected. Yeah. But he was like, no, we had questions to ask. Like, uh the second question that he would ask the interview was, uh, and he said this without realizing, with no self-awareness at all. He just goes, "Yeah, we would ask questions like, uh, uh, what do you, what do you in the, what do you, what are you looking for, and what, uh, what does your husband do for a living?" Like that was just on the form that he learned in 1960. Yeah. Was just because it was like when he's being, the- yeah, when he's being trained, the women would buy the furniture and the guy would go to work, and he didn't even think about it. Like it's 50 years later, and yeah. it didn't occur. I started laughing like crazy, and he didn't really even get it at first, and then he realized, oh yeah, that is insane. But it was 50 years ago when you're being trained. Like here's how you figure out what kind of how to give him credit. Uh, you ask him questions like, what does your husband do for a living? Yeah. Like, That's what, what kind of what, what kind of cigarettes does he smoke? Oh, he doesn't smoke cigarettes. Ooh, sounds like. And it. we had phone interview questions too. Like, are you good at running? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which one are you? There's five of us on the phone. Let's make sure I don't we don't overlap. <laughs> um, awesome, man. All right, I'm gonna go work out. Oh, this is great. Thanks for having me. No, don't let me, Jeff. Thank you. 
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.